Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And good evening and welcome to a special Thursday night edition of Bandica Pipers Football. My name is Merle Bertrand coming to you live from Dragon Stadium in Round Rock, our home away from home this season, as the Vipers resume District 25-6A play against the Round Rock Dragons. I'm joined once again by my partner Hank Hudson, our engineer and sideline reporter Marcus Spears, Brock Bollinger running the board back at the studio, and Shane Schwinski monitoring the Vibe video stream. And Hank, if you've been following Viper football for about the past four or five years, this is not a recording. Once again, it's the Vipers and the Dragons battling it out with the winner to have the inside track for the district title. Well, you hit the nail right on the head there, Merle. This is an unbelievable game. Every single season we've played this team, the Round Rock Dragons, it's just been a spine-tingling encounter. So let the pigeons loose, sound the trumpets, the fanfare for the common man. It's a big-time football game. Round, Round Rock Merle always has impact players. Yep. Uh, we see Deuce Vaughn playing for the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday. We got to watch him a, a few years ago. But they've got a Notre Dame commit. Uh, number five, the receiver slash defensive back, Leonard Moore. He's going to be going to Notre Dame. They've got a big-time impact player. Number eight, Justin Lee. He's a linebacker. He's averaging nearly 10 tackles a game. Always a lot of impact players on the field when these two teams meet. And this is the chance to compete for the golden ball that you put in the trophy case. Right. Not a participation trophy, Merle. This is a chance to win the district championship. And every single year that we've watched these two teams play, this is the game that decides that district crown. And there's one guy that you didn't mention who will be the key to pretty much everything that Ron Rock does on offense tonight, uh, Mason Cochran, their quarterback. As you said, he's been playing quarterback here since about 1997. My wife and I are rewatching uh, ER on uh, on Hulu, <laughs> and I think he was playing when ER was was uh, was a network show. I mean, he's been around, but seems like forever. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he is a big, stout running quarterback, and. That's the game plan. That's the modus operandi for this Round Rock Dragons football team. They're going to try and drive it right down the Vipers' throats. It's what they've done every year. You know it. You know it's coming ahead of time. They've got big, burly running backs that are carrying the ball. And you've you got a uh, running back of the nickname Moose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's their other impact player on offense, number 22, Aiden Garlington. They call him the Moose. And they're just going to try and run the ball, maintain possession. So first-year coach uh, for, the, uh, for the Round Rock Dragons. It is uh, Cody Moore, who was the defensive coordinator from four year, uh, from the last four years, as the uh, previous head coach Jeff Cheatham went up to the athletic director spot for Round Rock ISD. And these teams are always well organized, and these uh, they're always really entertaining football games. I mean, you look at the last five encounters. This will be the sixth one. The last five encounters have just been absolutely breathtaking football. So if you're a fan of high school football. And the Friday Night Lights, in this case Thursday, this is the game to be at, right? This is the best game in Central Texas this weekend. The fan uh, turnout for this early in the game, I'm very impressed. And the Round Rock fans always do an amazing job with their pregame tailgate. I got here pretty early, and they were uh, rocking and rolling in that parking lot with the tailgate. I almost stopped for some barbecue. But <laughs> I didn't, want, I didn't want to, you know, I had my Viper shirt on. I didn't yeah, yeah, we didn't want to get mugged over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, ho- I hope, he does, hope he doesn't have a very good night against us. But Mo- Moose Garlington is my favorite honorary Ron Rock because that was my dad's nickname was Moose. So oh, nice. I'll give him that. Uh, speaking of the fans, Marcus, uh, 
they're going to throw you on the microphone here real quick. You'll be out there amongst the masses in just a few minutes. But uh, you, you talked about it, and Hank talked about it. We've, this is our third time here. We played McNeil here. We played Stony Point here. This is Dragon Stadium, the Ron Rod Dragons. That's a different mood tonight, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's a uh, different atmosphere, different movement. Um, uh, it's also a thirsty game, so you right. on, on Vandegrift's side, we, we haven't seen as many people arrive yet, but and that may change. You know, you get the late arrival, so let's see how that goes. Well, we're about ready to go here. That sets the table. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Vipers head coach Drew Sanders as he talks about the Vipers' business-like win over McNeil last week and get his sauce on tonight's matchup with the Round Rock Dragons. You're listening to Vandegrift Vipers football on the horn. And we're pleased to be joined once again on a Thursday pregame by the head coach of the Vanderbilt Vipers, Coach Drew Sanders. And, Coach, uh, kind of as we expected, Manil hung in early and uh, gave, the, gave the Vipers a tussle before the Vipers scored 21 points in the second quarter. It's your fault that everyone freaks out that it's only 28-3 at the halftime. But uh, and your thoughts on an impressive 42-3 win here for the Vipers? I thought that was great. By I think Marcus is my yeah. new sideline reporter. Marcus was like, slow start. I'm like, well, I'll look over <laughs> at the scoreboard. And, then, you know, it's just like – it is such an unrealistic thing to be up 21 nothing on everybody after the first quarter. My goodness. Um, and so, and, and I talked all week. Anybody who knows anything knows that McNeil is not the same old McNeil. Like Coach Hermes is finally starting to get them going the right direction. Yes, this is a program that hadn't made the playoffs the last 20 years. But those streaks sometimes get broken. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really close to breaking that streak. Um, and so they were a very tough out. Um, we learned some things we've got to get better we got to be more intentional we got to do all kinds of things better but you know for us to finish strong like that impressive and then then um cruise in the second half well uh, deuce adams uh, scoring four touchdown passes to four different wide receivers including the tipped uh, hail mary before halftime which looked like a volleyball play i thought we were uh, inside the viper pit for the minute um, he seems to get more comfortable each week back there talk about his performance and the offense settling in around him yeah he's he's a great quarterback so he came with some base knowledge of a lot of stuff we still have our own system, and it's taking him time to learn mm-hmm. the nuances of all that stuff. Um, but you can see that he's just, you're right, settling in week by week, and his skills are kind of taking over in addition mm-hmm. to being more in charge of the offense, more and more in charge. And, um, and so very impressed with him, his accuracy, his ability to create out of the pocket, eyes always downfield. Um, he, he played a great game once again. Well, despite being banged up on the other side of the ball, the defense held the Mavericks to less than 200 yards of offense and got a quick uh, pick six from Aiden Jones to boot. Um, We've talked a little bit about the Vipers battling the injury bug. Talk about the guys that have stepped in to fill in to keep the defense uh, uh, upright here as everybody gets healthy. Yeah, you know, um, first of all, shout out Aiden Jones. Three interceptions in three games. So let's see if we can keep that streak going, Aiden, if you're listening. but we've had a, a core of linebackers that have just stepped in. You know, it seems like we can't get healthy at linebacker right now. But, you know, I've got a good junior a group of guys that have just stepped up and done well. And then, you know, a Porter Udy, uh, who is um, defensive end, you know, he also had to step in at nose last mm-hmm. week. And so all those guys have done a great job. And, of course, Hollister Stevens was starting corner. I moved him to dime when Alex got hurt. So we have tons of – Tons of issues right now on the defensive side personnel-wise, but the cool thing is is I'm seeing guys come in and play really hard. They're still being physical. Yes, they're going to make some mistakes, but now, shoot, there was a time on the on the field on um, Friday night that I think we had seven underclassmen 
playing, you know, and so this is good for us for mm -hmm. next year as we continue to try to sustain success and do the things that we know Viper teams, because offensively won't have many coming back. Right. And so, you know, our defense may have to carry us a little bit as our offense figures it out. I'm talking about next season, 24 mm -hmm. season. So I'm always thinking kind of ahead on that. <laughs> And uh, so I'm very pleased with my underclassmen on the defensive side. They have stepped up. They've had great attitudes. There's not a, been a challenge that they haven't risen to. Patrick Piper's head coach, Drew Sanders, a guest here on the pregame show. Here we go again, Coach. Piper's in the Round Rock Dragons with the uh, winner again having the inside track for the district title. Usually both teams come undefeated. Round Rock started the season 0-3, but they've won their first three district games. So is Round Rock back, or did they ever really go away? Well, if you turn on the tape, Round Rock's just the same they've always been. You know, they're playing great defense. They've got a great quarterback. Everything goes through this quarterback. It's his third year starting. He's amazing. Um, you know, those first three games, I think, were just them kind of figuring out their new coaching staff, their their new philosophies, and, and some new players. Uh, but they've totally figured it out. They're crushing everybody. Mm -hmm. So it should be our typical Round Rock Vandergriff game on, on Thursday night. Viper uh, run defense has been exceptional all season long. As the secondary kind of gets up to speed, we talked about some of the changes there. You mentioned the quarterback, Mason Cochran. Will that be the biggest uh, challenge that the Vipers have faced at that position so far this season with all he can do? Big guy running around, he can throw the ball as well. You know, I thought the Cedar Park quarterback provided a lot of challenges for us. I thought mm -hmm. he was really good. Different, though. Right. You're right, different. Um, this guy is more run first than pass, but he definitely can pass. Um, I think it's something like 65 to maybe 70% of the offense runs through him. I mean, right. that's the highest percentage, I think, of anybody I've ever played. Um, so he presents a unique challenge because anytime he rolls out, he can throw it or he can run it, you know. And so sometimes he just doesn't like it. He just takes off. And once he gets going, it's pretty much a guaranteed <laughs> eight-yard gain. Right. So there's going to be some of that. We've got to be patient and just you know, try to do our best to tackle them and, and, um, and get back and set up again. And that's just the way they do it, you know. Um, but he is an excellent player. I think he's got Division One scholarships for, like, athlete mm -hmm. um, at uh, some armed, armed forces, like Navy or Army or maybe both. I'm not sure. But, I mean, he's you know, a great player and, right. and will give us everything we need. I can tell you that. So he's, he's our total focal point on uh, Thursday night. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. A win gets you to 4-0 in the district play, gets you in the playoffs for the 11th straight year. That's always step number one. So any final thoughts here as we get ready to uh, take on the Dragons on a Thursday night? Yeah, I think that all our fans hopefully will show up to Cricket Central, otherwise known as, as uh, Dragon <laughs> Stadium, and uh, cheer us on. There's nothing else going on, so get there, wear white, and uh, let's, uh, let's cheer the Vipers on to, to another victory. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Brandon Goodfiber's head coach, Drew Sanders, a guest here on the free game show. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Brandon Goodfiber's football on the horn. Rock Dragons and a new head coach, Cody Moore, interplay at 3-3 three three overall, but 3-0 and oh in district play. The Dragons fell to Weiss, San Antonio Reagan, and Cedar Park in non-district play, then edged Westwood and dominated Stony Point and Maynard for their three district wins. So Hank, it's tempting for us and the fans to relax a bit with Ron Rock at 3-3, three three, but that's not something these Viper players can afford to do. No way, Merle, and they've continued to gain momentum, as you said. Uh, they've can they've continued to kind of dominate the, uh, their opposing teams, especially in district. The last week, they really put a shellacking on Mater, 42-13, to 13, and we started to see some of that real toughness and uh, hard-nosed defensive football that Round Rock's famous for. And it's a barn burner football game. I'm really excited because uh, what we've seen the last five years is just an absolute 
spine-tingling encounter yep. between these two teams. Uh, you know, but there were two wins each going into last year's game, and that was a nail-biter, 30-22, to 22, I believe that game finished up. It was, uh, you know, the best game that the Vipers had here in the course of the regular season. And then the prior, prior to that, two consecutive years, uh, Round Rock Dragons beat your Vandegrift Vipers, and so the Vipers were forced to, you know, share a bit of the uh, accolades for the district crown. But Round Rock is, you know, this is the destination for, uh, you know, the golden ball that everybody wants to put in that trophy case. you got to go through these two teams to get there, and this is the showdown tonight. Yep, the season series uh, stands at 3-2 with the Vipers win after that 30-22 win in a dogfight at Monroe Memorial Stadium last week. We're about two minutes away from the opening kickoff. We'll step aside one more time and be right back. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers football on the horn. I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much. I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Ugh! I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? Dear hero, whoever you are, you save lives. I live with sickle cell and the pain and the issues that come along with sickle cell every day. I'm most grateful that people are willing to go out there and take their time, their blood, and give me new life. Because of you, I'm allowed to see my son grow up. Giving equals living. Give blood. Replenish the supply. Learn more at hhs.gov slash giveblood. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to Dragon Stadium. The national anthem is complete. The teams are about ready to go here. Vipers on the road tonight for the third time this year. Our home away from home to take on the Round Rock Dragons. Merle Birchin along with Hay Hudson here. Brock Bollinger back at the uh, the Horn Studios. Marcus Spears down at the sidelines. Shane Schawinski keeping an eye on our video stream on Vipe. Emails open. Voice of the Vipers at gmail.com. Vandegrift coming in with a mark of 6-0 overall, 3-0 in district play. Round Rock, after an 0-3 start, have evened it up at 3-3. They've won the games that matter, Hank Hudson. That's why this one is so critical. Absolutely correct, Merle. And uh, just a quick shout-out to Round Rock High School, and they got the student ROTC program. Our Reserve Officer Training Corps did the honor guard for the National Anthem. That was quite impressive, I must say. And Round, Round Rock Dragons are coming in, Merle, and they've continued to gain momentum. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the other things we see, you know, in terms of the roster sizes. We've been paying close attention to that in, uh, for the opponents so far. 
and Round Rock's got the biggest roster of any team we've play, uh, yes. played. And, and I, you know, how does that factor in? It's one of the intangibles, I think, because, you know, Vanderkip's got 61 seniors on that ball club, which is more, that's a bigger roster than nearly every team we played so far this year. But Round Rock has suited out a ton of guys. Uh, they had a great uh, competitiveness at the sub-varsity level. And I think you said that they've got a couple of Cochran's, Mason Cochran's. On the way up. On the yeah. way up. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm wondering if Mason Cochran, their quarterback, still has any eligibility. Left. Did we do a <laughs> check on that? I mean, it seems like he's been playing quarterback here yeah. forever. A bit reminiscent. Uh, remember R.J. Martinez? I think he started yes. three and a half years yeah. at Westwood. Well, a beautiful night. It was cool, drizzly all day long in the 60s. It got up to about 85 by the time we got to the ballpark tonight. Vipers in the road white, the Stormtrooper look. The road white jerseys and pants, big thick black numbers, white helmet. They'll kick off from right to left. Round Rock in the maroon jerseys, white pants with the maroon trim. White numerals, white helmet with the maroon RR emblem on the side. Vipers will kick off from right to left. Round Rock to receive from left to right. Charlie Reed puts the ball in the air, and we are underway from Dragon Stadium. And this kickoff is going to go into and out of the end zone, and here we go. Well, I guess Char uh, Charlie Reed is the fourth Vipers kicker we've seen so far through six games, Merle. Yep. How many teams in America can put in their fourth kicker and have him kick it in the end zone? That's the question we've been wanting to know the answer to, but I don't, I don't think very many can say that. I would agree. How important is senior quarterback Mason Cochran? 52 out of 92 through the air, 683 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. 87 carries for 570 yards. That's 6.6 .6 yards per carry with six touchdowns. Everything runs through number 12, and he's out there right now in the shotgun. Two receivers here to the near side. First play from scrimmage going left to right in the handoff. Nope, they're going to reverse it coming around here to the right side. Up to the 25, and makes the first guy miss and steps out of bounds at about the 30, stayed in bounds and hit at the 36. Little trickeration there to get things started. That was a wide receiver, Reggie Hurley, the junior, who's also a running back, picks up 11 yards. Diego Delavara, also Hollister Stevens over there on the on the stop. Looks like we're going to see some emptying of the playbook by Round Rock. What have you got to lose? This is the biggest game of their season. That's exactly right. So a 10-yard pickup at the 35, officially first down and 10. Cochran's going to keep it himself left side, out across the 40, the 45, bounces with the outside, breaks a tackle at the 50, and knocked out of bounds at the Viper 46-yard line. So back-to-back -back big running plays for Round Rock, and they're already in Viper territory at the 46-yard line. And Cochran just plays that quarterback position like a linebacker, Merle. He just looks like a linebacker, and he's just, he is a load to try and bring down. The Vipers have had their hands full with him. Yes. Last year, I think he combined for about 250 yards of total offense. First down and 10 at the 47-yard line. One receiver left here to the near side. Hand off left side, and look at that. The Vipers win. Number 12 doesn't have the football. They swarm to number 22. That's Moose Gardenton, the junior running back. That'll be a loss of three yards on the play. And we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Vandergut Vipers football on the horn. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, the Horn. The Horn. Loss of three, second down and 13, back to the 50 yard stripe. Cochran rolling right, starts back left in trouble, cuts it back up the middle, and he's going to get back to three yards that he lost. The Vipers had him dead to rights, but he managed to scramble forward for three yards, making it a third and 10. 
Great job right there, Murrell by Cruz Carrasquillo, number 29, the Cruz missile, fighting off a double team that time to force Cochran to go back to the inside. So third down and 10 coming up from the Viper 47. Chance to get off the field, possibly. Oh, snap to Cochran, quarterback draw up the middle. Starts right, cuts back up the middle of the 40 and gets down to the 39-yard line. Hank, it didn't look like he was ready for the snap, but I think that was designed. Now, you may be right. He did a little fake like he was squaring up to throw the ball, getting his shoulders set. So, trickeration by Round Rock, and he is just a downhill runner. I mean, at the quarterback position, get those, the jersey sleeves up nice and tight, with the gun show yeah. going on right there, fourth Man. and short. And their offense is on the field. They've got somebody up under center. Fumble, ball's out, scramble for it, and either way, the Vibers are going to get it back unless Vandergriff is offside. Coming up with the loose football was Diego de Lavara Vasquez, but we'll check the flag. Round Rock seems. They seem to think it's on the Vipers. Yeah, they seem pretty emphatic with it. They lined up with Jack Apple, the sophomore quarterback, up under center. They put Cochran as a back in like a power, power eye, Maryland eye formation. It is going to be against the Vipers. Mm. Don't want to, don't want to give them any free. Three yardage. That is enough to move the chains. First and ten dragons after the Viper penalty. And Ron Rock's first drive will continue. The ball is spotted now down at the Viper 34-yard line. Business as usual for the Round Rock Dragons, Merle. Yep. Just line it up. They got big, beefy offensive linemen, and they're just going to line up and try and run it down your throat. It's going to be a football game. So first down, 10 at the Viper 34-yard line. Two receivers wide left, two to the near side. Cochran, quarterback draw again, right side. Trying to get the corner turned, and better job that time by the Viper defense pursuing. Holds that one to a similar four-yard pickup before Hollister Stevens and Diego de Lavar Vasquez slow him down, second and six. Dragons up quickly at the Viper 29. First drive of the night, 9.02 to go first quarter. Two receivers left, one of the near side for Cochran. Cochran to his left, pitch out left side, ball's on the carpet again, but bounces right back to the running back, Moose Garlington. Oh no, it came loose again, and the Vipers say they've got it. It bounced to Garlington, he picked it up and tried to turn the corner, the Vipers swarmed to the football, draw it loose again, and Vandergrip with a big turnover, first down Vipers. Well, there you go, it's old school option left to the right-handed quarterback, that's a difficult job description for the quarterback. Got to make a read there and then a pitch to the left. The pitch was definitely off, Merle, so Viper, Viper is going to take advantage. The first turnover of the game after the Round Rock offense had strung together a pretty good drive. Bad things happening to Round Rock whenever number 12 doesn't have the football. First down or 10 at the 38-yard line. Viper's moving right to left. Deuce Adams, swing pass, left side to Miles Coleman. Cuts it up to the 35 to the 40. There's his speed. Spins across the 45 to the 46-yard line. Gain of about eight yards on the play. Second down and two for Coleman. Got to say hello to his mom at the, she was uh, manning the desk on Wednesday when I went, went to meet Coach Sanders and checked in and got to see her and say hello. Second two at the 46-yard line. Swing pass to Coleman, left side, in and out of the hands. Yoka Coleman. Obviously, she's the brains of that family, right? <laughs> the 
amazing volunteer. She did all kinds of volunteer positions for the Vipers Football Booster Club. She was uh, in charge of database management for the uh, Pop Warner program. She's an amazing, amazing volunteer, amazing family, the Coleman's. Third down and two at the 46-yard line. Adams. Hand off Fournier up the middle, and he's going to be sacked up from behind a yard shy of the first down. There's Asher Chang, one of the leading tacklers on the stop. Sets up a fourth down and one. Chang, 5.8 tackles per game, nine and a half of those for a loss. Here comes your moose package, your refrigerator package. That means you're going to move Jacob Henry into the backfield probably. It's this line dance formation. Surprise, they look like they're going to go for it here in fourth and one, their side of the field. Now they split him out. Zade Oliver is in the shotgun. And he's going to roll right side. He's going to have the first down and more. Gutsy call by Coach Sanders and Coach Mauser. On their side of the they pick up the first down. Absolutely devastating block by Jacob Henry Merle. Lined up as a fullback in that formation and just put a wallop on the poor linebacker from Round Rock. <laughs> Man, that is going to, that's an Excedrin headache right there. Big number 50 coming at you straight downhill. Big, big conversion there, Merle. Yes, that was. Give the defense a little bit more time on the sidelines. Two receivers wide right, first down at the Viper 49. Adams in the shotgun, since Coleman in motion left to right. Swing pass over the middle, deflected at the line of scrimmage, falls incomplete, second down and 10. Deuce Adams, 14 out of 19, 243 yards and four touchdowns and a pick last week. That brings him up to 1,397 yards on the season, 19 touchdowns and two interceptions. Well, big Jacob Henry, we've seen him do it all year long where he rolls those hips up into the block, brings that two-hand strike with the thumbs up, and that time he had a full head of steam, not just from the line of scrimmage. Second down and 10 from the Viper 49-yard line. The Ron Rock band right below our crowd mic, by the way. Hopefully that's not overpowering everything. Coleman comes in motion left to right. And Adams going to keep it himself and tripped up and maybe lost the yard back in the 48. They're going to give him line of scrimmage, so 30-10 coming up. Nice job by the defensive end for Round Rock. That looked like Skoglin was in motion there, Merle. They're going to try to dump it to him as he was coming out of that motion, but Deuce facing withering pressure that time. Had to, had to pull it. Discretion is the better part of Valor. Oh, big third down coming up here for the Vandegas offense. Third down and 10 from their own 49-yard line. Two receivers right to the near side. Adams dropping back. Pressure coming. Good protection. Fires over to the left side going for his brother. And the ball is incomplete. Just beyond the outstretched arms of Eli Adams. Noah Cochran, the junior defensive back, stride for stride with him. And fourth down and 10 coming up. The punting unit will come on. Really good coverage on the outside that time, Merle. Locked up man-to-man. -man. You saw the cornerback pressing to the outside. You got to maintain that separation. Not too much hand fighting. That was a really good job defensively by Round Rock. Drew Mestermaker back to punt, averaging 40.3 yards per punt with a long of 43. He's put four of his six punts inside the 20-yard line. Good snap back. And a high short kick coming over here to the near sideline. And it's going to take a Viper roll. That worked out pretty darn well. It's going to go all the way down to about the 12-yard line. So only 39 yards in the pump, which isn't bad, but the positioning is even better as he drops another one inside the 20. Great job by that coverage unit. 
Merle, you got the few of the usual suspects on that unit. Putting the special on special teams. Give a shout out to my mom tuned in from the great state of Illinois tonight. Emails open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Want to give a shout out to your favorite player on either side. Rod Rock's second possession of the night. First down and 10 from their own 13-yard line moving from left to right. I think this is the first week we've had all our linebackers helping think Merle right. since week one. Getting a look at Diego DeLavaro and Ben Boer, number 55. Trying to come at a better time against this guy. Empty back set now for Cochran. Swing pass, left side, complete out there on the edge. And Ooh, good nice open field tackle play. at the 14-yard line. I think that was out to Aiden Walker calling that one in. That's our number 22 right there, Aiden Jones, with a big-time play as he fights off that block, Merle. Gets, gets outside leverage, but then fights through the block to make a big-time tackle, limit that to a two-yard gain. Great play, number 22. That was number seven, actually, Reggie Hurley, the junior, on the receiving end. Second down and eight. He's going to feel that one in the morning. Yeah. Ice bath. Second and eight. Cochran going to keep it himself, and he's going to go nowhere. Thrown for a loss back at the 10-yard line by Porter Udy. You heard Coach mention him in the pregame. And that young man is in the backfield a lot. Yes, indeed. And what a superstar uh, emerging player, Porter Udy. He was not a name that we called last year at all. I guess he was on the sub-varsity side. And he has really emerged this year as a standout. Last week he had to slot into the nose guard position due to some injuries. But big-time play. Tied for the team lead in sacks with three. I guess that would count as number four. Third down, 11 coming up. Cochran play action, looking downfield. Firing over the center of the field. That ball is incomplete, boy. Almost a sensational one-handed catch by Jack Apple. He had Bryson Carter with him stride for stride. Carter may have gotten in there and ripped the, the arm away to knock that ball loose. Yeah, that was a nicely thrown football, but it's... Incomplete. You know, they had a big uh, pass play early last year, Merle, for about 50 yards. Right. It was a big momentum shift, but now you're in a fourth and long. Got to wonder if we're going to see a quick kick. Definitely not on this one. Well, Viper should get decent field position. They're a team that has employed the quick kick. Braden Harshaw, five yards deep in his end zone, averaging 30.6 yards per pump with a long of just 30. Miles Coleman stand at the 45-yard line of the Dragons. Not exactly the spot on the field for a quick kick, I suppose. Right. Good snap back. Not much pressure, and it's going to be a ter terrible kick. High straight up in the air, and it takes a Viper roll to boot. It's going to be dead at the 24-yard line, so only a punt. Uh, 13 yards, and the Vipers are in great field position. First down and 10 with 4.49 to go in the scoreless first quarter. You have to wonder, Merle, about the anxiety of influence of Miles Coleman in yes. this situation. Because everybody in Central Texas knows what he is capable of if he catches the ball on his dead run. So the special team units have definitely covered that in terms of what they're trying to do with the kick. And they may be trying to go for an additional, uh, some additional hang time right. there to try and get your coverage unit down there, and it's off the side of the foot. It's not, not the normal kick you would make maybe in that situation. All right, so first and 10 Vipers from the Dragon 23-yard line. Going to motion left to right is Jay Scoglin. Now Coleman goes in motion. 
Misdirection left side, Zade Oliver cuts it up. Nice hole inside the 20 to 15 down to the 12-yard line. That'll be good for an 11-yard pickup and a Viper first down. Great job right there on the front of that by Bryce Altrudo, number 18. One of the stable of tight ends on this Viper squad. Swing pass, right side to Coleman on the edge. Cutting it back up inside the 10. Spins, breaks the tackle at the 5, and going to be knocked down at the 5. Going to bring up a second down and two from the five-yard line. What can you say about Jordan Oliver out on the perimeter that time? A great job blocking. Get eight yards on that play. You got somebody who knows what they're doing out there blocking on the perimeter. That time is number 11, Jordan Oliver. And off up the middle, Oliver, and puts the head down, driving towards the goal line, spins across the line, into the end zone, touchdown, Vandergrift. So the Vipers take advantage of the short punt and move it down the field. And a hard-fought first quarter. So far, the Vipers have the slight edge, 6 nothing. I love that play design rule. That time you're going to go uh, with a twin set out there, and you're moving Chase Scoglin, number 88, out there. All eyes on him for his devastating block that right. been, uh, we've been seeing from him. So then you just hand it right up the middle to Zade Oliver. He goes six yards for a Vipers touchdown. Wiley Olson, what a ringer from the JV squad, comes in. He's been perfect on extra points this year, and he stays perfect. So 4.06 to go first quarter. Vipers draw first blood, 7-0. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vandergrift Vipers Football on the Horn. The way Box is exchanging body blows. The Vipers took the first knockdown of the night. After the short punt, they punch it in from 22 yards out. Lead it 7-0 with 4.06 to go here in the opening quarter. And a kickoff. Sails into and out of the end zone. Not much of a win. What there is is blowing from right to left, but it's pretty mild. He almost put that one through the uprights. He did. That was super toe. Charlie Reed. What are many super toes on the Vipers? Yes, indeed. Well, you've withstood the first Mason Cochran drive, and then you get the turnover on the second drive, so the Viper defense is probably feeling a little bit better about themselves right now than they were 15 minutes ago. Well, I think that's a that's a big momentum play for the Vipers because we've seen the Round Rock Dra Dragons have success early against this Vipers defense until the Vipers kind of get into the game. So getting a stop early, that's a big deal against this Round Rock Dragons offense. Empty back set. Clark Cockman, the quarterback draw off left tackle. Breaks one tackle, pushes it up across the 30 out to the 31-yard line for a gain of about six yards on the play before Ben Booers there to knock him down. Second and four. And talk about a broken record when Mason Cochran carries the football. It's a five or six yard gain nearly every time he touches the ball. I could just record myself and take <laughs> it easy tonight. Cochran for five yards. <laughs> Second and four from the 31 yard line. Pistol formation, Cochran, hand off up the middle. And Vipers stack that up at the 30 yard line. Gonna lose a yard. Trying to see who they handed it to, but it wasn't number 12. Going to bring up a third down and five. That was Jack Apple on the carry. Listed as a quarterback, he's a sophomore, but he's clearly seen some time at running back as well. Third and five, two receivers to the right, one to the near side. Cochran going to bootleg to his right, under pressure, swings it back to the left side, complete up to the 30, and not much running. Great job staying home by Ian Witt. He was right there where he needed to be, Hank. Absolutely right. So usually you have a designated D lineman who's spying on the on the screen pass, and that time Ian Witt is all over it. You know, he is a 
bit of a trash can full of dirt in the middle <laughs> there, but he also has unbelievable quick feet. You see a nose guard making a tackle upfield against a running back. It give you an indication of how, how well he moves. Dragon set the punt it away again. Much better punt this time. Co uh, Coleman going to call for the fair catch and make it at the 44-yard line. Still decent field position. 218 to go opening quarter. Bandit gets up 7 to nothing. Another great starting field position for the Vipers, Merle. Now, a couple of games we're going to keep an eye on tonight. Bowie taking on Buta Johnson down in Buta at Bob Shelton Stadium. And uh, Austin High also in action tonight against Aikens. Austin High coming very close to knocking off Johnson last week. They fell by one point. Of course, that's District 26-6A, which is who we will be facing in the first round of the playoffs. Handoff up the middle, 48 off the right tackle now, and spins up to the 50 across the midfield stripe. Gain of six yards on the play for the junior 48, second down and four. What a nice one-two punch we've got this year at that running back yep. spot with Fournier and Zade Oliver. Those guys are both getting a lot of touches. Fournier will be back next year, as will Ken Sullivan. Sullivan, he gets he's to get the third most touches. He's a very effective runner, so the stable, stable is full. Hudson Moore in the JV squad is a speedster. Reminds me of Miles Coleman. Keep an eye on him next year. And off again, 48. Big hole up the middle, 45. It spins inside the 40 and all the way down to the 36-yard line. First down, Vandergrift. Well, what a great job by that left side. Viper's offense looking salty. Blake Frazier and Jacob Henry blasting open hole. Adam, pass over to the right side, looking for the receiver, and his ball tipped up and was a call, almost caught off the deflection. It was almost intercepted in the far corner of the end zone and then almost hauled in by, who is that out there? I can't get a good look at that number. That is That's six, that would be Farley. Yeah, almost Farley. off the deflection. Good defensive play, the hand fighting going on. Second down and 10 coming up from the Dragon 36 yard line, 123 to go opening quarter. Coleman in motion, right to left, settles into the left slot. And off Fournier, hole clogged up, bounces it left and picks it up inside the 30 and all the way down to the 26 yard line. How about that by Fournier? He tried to take it up the middle, there was nothing there. He just kind of bounced off of it like a pinball and found something on the left side for about nine yards. Good job exploding through the hole there. Blake Frazier and Jacob Henry on that left side. Rylan Wisdom, your center, Gage Garrison, the right guard. Sam Perry, the right tackle. This has been a salty looking group of hogs this year, Merle. Biggest line the Vipers have ever had. Third down and one to keep the drive alive. Scolden into the game now as the tight end on the right side. Adams in the shotgun. Oliver to his right, swing pass, slant pattern, complete to the 20, and down to the 15-yard line, Miles Coleman. Long handoff. Aiden Walker on the stop for Ron Rock, but the Vipers move the chains first and 10. Nice looking quick stop route there. Call delivered perfectly by Deuce Adams. Trips to the near side. Adams gonna keep it himself off the play fake, spins and tripped up at about the 11-yard line. Get a look at who came in, the slowing down. 
I think it was number 14, Hank Apple. Gain of three on the play, second down and seven. Pretty good looking drive so far for the Vipers, starting with the great field position on their own 44 yard line. Vipers Merle definitely winning the field position battle. And looks like that is gonna be the end of the first quarter. I wanted to make sure they didn't call a timeout. They don't. We've reached the end of the first quarter, seven nothing Vipers. Ron, Ron uh, Vandergrift on the move when we come back. You're listening to Vandergrift Vipers football on the horn. Well, I'm glad they flipped sides in the field, Hank, so we can see the touchdown from up close and personal. The Vipers now going from left to right at the 12-yard line. Second down and seven in the second quarter getting underway. Trips wide left, one of the near side for Oliver, or for Adams, pardon me. Miles Coleman coming in motion left to right. Adams dropping back, looking left, looking, firing. Left side of the end zone, got Coleman wide open, caught, touchdown. That didn't take long. Six seconds expire on the clock in the second quarter. The Vipers lead it 13 and nothing. Boy, and you saw that route develop really nicely, Merle, as you had Miles Coleman lined up in that alley between the top of the numbers and the hash mark. He, he comes in motion, ends up just inside the hash mark, makes it, it's a good clean release, and then runs to the corner route. Beautifully delivered football by Deuce Adams. Had all day to throw. Touchdown, Vipers. Wally Olsen on for the extra point attempt out of the hold of Drew Mestemaker. Good snap, good hold, kick is up. And it is good. So 11.54 to go first half. Vipers extending the lead to 14 to nothing. And we've got a couple of emails in. Drew Mestemaker, the holder on that play. Email from Paul Woods says, shout out to our favorite Viper, Drew Mestemaker from Marshall, Michigan. Thank you very much, Mr. Woods. Andrew Pacheco writes in, says, funny how the VHS band plays the Imperial March Stormtrooper song from Star Wars when they're wearing the Stormtrooper whites. <laughs> That's a great observation. Yeah, it's a great observation. I think that is part of the normal repertoire of the band. Yeah, we were talking about last week, Merle, about how impactful the Vipers band is in terms of the excitement and the momentum that happens in the game, they're making an impact on a regular basis about yes. what happens on the field because they they tune up the music with that Imperial Death Star music, also the Metal Shock, that's Merle Bertrand's favorite song. Piper's band needs to record an album. <laughs> the greatest hits. The greatest hits. 14-0, Vanegas just underway second quarter. As if on cue, listen to him go. Yeah, that's right. They uh, performed in their regional uh, performance last night at Gupton Stadium. I haven't had a chance to see how they did. So if anybody's out there is a band person, let us know at voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Kick off down to the one yard line, returnable up to the five to the 10 to the 15, and that's gonna be about it. Aiden Walker on the return. He was snowed under by a host of Vipers led by number 15, that was Rikers Goldwyn. I think also you got in on that play, number 35, I think was the first guy there. That's Kate Stevens, senior running back. Great job, Mr. Stevens, putting a special in special teams. Yeah, I was doing the JV games last night, and I saw the semi pull away in a big old cube truck, and then about six buses, and I thought, what is going on? <laughs> Viper Band is on the move. That's I looked it up on Twitter, and that's what it was, a regional performance. That is a logistical Oh man. Tour de force. 
First down and 10 at the 13-yard line for the Dragons, moving from right to left. Cochran, handoff, and wrapped up by Ben Boer and flung backwards for a one-yard loss, maybe even a two-yard loss. He just calf-roped him down to the turf there, Hank. <laughs> nice analogy, rodeo analogy there. Appropriate because it was Moose Garlington on the carry. Yeah. It's like a wrestling move. Second down and 12. Two receivers wide right, one to the near side. Cockrum, short drop, rolls to his right, now in trouble. And fires over to the right side, and I think it was caught at the 20-yard line. Nice catch out there on the right side by Elijah Johnson. Gain of about seven yards on the play, sets up a third and three. You know, Mason Cochran's not a drop-back quarterback, Merle, but he is effective throwing the football. Just effective enough that you can't sell out on him running it all the time. That's right. Third and a long three from just shy of the 20. Cochran with the empty back set, trips to the near side, rolling left. Pass over here and incomplete. Drew Mestermaker closing quickly. But the ball sails into the Round Rock bench. And another three and out. The Dragons forced to punt it away. So after that first drive stalled out, the Viper defense is really, really tight this year on Ron Rock. Really stepping up. That's right. That's going to be the third consecutive three and out after they put together about eight plays on that first drive before a fumble. One thing about this Round Rock Dragons football team, Earl, is they don't really, they don't beat themselves. They don't commit a lot of penalties every year we see him playing disciplined football right. not a lot of penalties not a lot of turnovers it's got one tonight high booming punt Coleman with the fair catch call for made at the 44 yard line so once again Bandicoot will have pretty good field position with 1038 to go first half as the clock keeps moving for some unknown reason 14 nothing Vipers Tommy Hartman writes in wants to give a shout out to Gage Garrison says his brother Holton Garrison is glad to be in town and in attendance tonight from Fayetteville Arkansas Tommy will be back in town this weekend for fall break. So, all right. Good to have you out there still tuned in, Tommy. Fayetteville, as it also as it is affectionately known, Fayetteville for <laughs> visiting football fans. Right. <laughs> Get a bit loud out there in Fayetteville when the football team's playing. And they have those hog hats. Yeah. You see yeah. those things? Oof. I'd like to go back in time and be the person who designed those. <laughs> Either that or post-it notes or duct tape. Just something. I think they're trying to get the, the clock squared away because about 20 seconds rolled off. It's showing 10:15. That punt was fair caught with 10:34 on the clock. So I think you're right. I've got a feeling that's what we're waiting on here. So starting field position for the Vipers, Merrill, their own 37, the plus 23, uh, their own 44, and their own 45. Contrast that with Round Rock that is. Started every possession deep in their own territory. A couple of touchbacks, so they're minus 25, minus 25. That last possession, they started on their own 14-yard line. And then uh, the possession before that, they started on their own 10. So the field position battle is being won handily by this Piper squad. Swing pass left side, Coleman on the wide receiver screen across the 50. Breaks the tackle to 45, and a flag comes flying in with better hang time than most of the punts we've seen tonight. So probably a hold on there. Interesting formation at that time. They had trips lined up on either side in a, in a triangle. So they set the wide receiver screen on either side. They go left to Coleman, but I think it's coming back. Yep. Yeah, you're right. But that is an interesting formation from the mad scientist. 
Coach Mauser, Blake Mauser. He had a trips formation to, to the right. So on your left hash mark is where you're lined up there. The trips, Merle, were all the way out on the right to the bottom of the numbers. Right. So you're really spreading the defense out. And then you throw it back to the boundary into the short side. Yeah, I don't, don't even think they had a tight end. It was just five linemen up front. The guards tackles the center. It's a spot foul, so it's first down and 17. Divers with the football, their own 38-yard line. Now they spread everybody out again. Trips wide left. Two to the near side. Empty back set for Adams. Adams, swing pass left side. Complete to Fournier. Across the 40 to the 45. Breaks the tackle and dies out to the 48-yard line. Gets the penalty yardage back. Plus two. Second down and eight. Interesting games being played right there by Deuce's brother Eli as he's changing his alignment. So you have to wonder if they're trying to set something up there as he starts out on the bottom side of the hash, moves inside, then back out there. You see another boundary alignment here with the trips to both sides. Swing pass to Coleman. Coleman's going to throw it. Rolling to his right, though. Now he's going to tuck it under and run. It wasn't there. Smart play. Gets it up to 50. Just got what he could get. But that's what they were setting up. That was clearly a backward pass to Coleman. He was setting up the throw, but nothing was open. Looking for the double pass. If that's the, what they call that, that they mean that play after Grayland Spring. Yeah. Third and five from the 50. Nine minutes to go first half. Vipers up by 14, looking for more. Adams in the shotgun, two receivers near side. Now Coleman comes in motion. Adams rolling to his right, looking, looking, firing. Got a receiver incomplete. Try to get it to Chilton, who had position, but the ball sailing a little bit to the right with Adams on the move to the right. It's going to set up a, third, a fourth down and five. Scott Schaffner, the favorite throw right there, rolling right, trying to throw right. <laughs> Scott's tuned in tonight. Yep. Look forward to getting him back up here. We get the uh, Dream Team back together. Playoffs are coming. <laughs> That's right. We're hopefully only halfway through the season. That's exactly right, Merle. Fourth down and five from the 50. Vipers look like they're going to go for it unless Adams pooch punch it. There's nobody back for Round Rock. Now he's falling back a little bit. They have to respect him, and he does punt it. Turns over. To the 15, to the 10. Here we go again, all the way down to the 5 to the 6-yard line. Executed to perfection by Deuce Adams. Mm. Boy, and the field position story continues as the, uh, as the Round Rock Dragons are going to take over their own 6-yard line. And game management. Vipers winning on all three fronts tonight, Merle. Perfectly executed quick kick there and had that one turned over so it bounced the right way it's like they did it on purpose you would think huh <laughs> all right we got a band update we'll get it to it here after this play first down or 10 for round rock at their own six yard line 834 to go first half zone read and cochran gonna keep it himself he hung on to that football a long time viper swarmed to it and hold it to about a three-yard pickup out to the nine-yard line, maybe the ten, second down and seven. Nice long ride on that mesh. Cochran that time waiting, waiting, waiting. 
Waiting for his big offensive line to try and make something happen up there up front. Hiram Oliver writes in, says the Viper band scored all ones across the board at UIL last night. They were eligible for state again. Perennial state power. Mm. Heck, perennial national power. Second down and seven from the 10 yard line. And off left side, trying to get the corner turn. Will not, escorted out of bounds. How about that? Spying on him all the way is Diego Delavaro Vasquez, making sure that Javante Arnold will lose two yards. And that sets up a 39. He's got a little bit of spring in his step tonight. Morell looks like he's fully recuperated. After coming out of the gate, the unbelievable game against Gripping Springs that first right. week. And he's a little bit of niggling injuries. Nice to see Blaine Becker back in there, number five. Yeah. Third down and a long eight. Cockrum going to roll right. Hit as he throws it, incomplete. Three or four Vipers. I see 29. That's a, a cruise missile, I believe, Carrasquillo. Becker that time putting pressure from the left side. Right. Another three and out. This is something that is a new development in this rivalry. Four consecutive three and outs for the Round Rock Dragons as they're going to have to punt from their own end zone yet again. Yeah. Well, it's a third time the Round Rock punter is lined up in his own end zone. He's close enough to grab a flag from the dance team down there. Pretty good punt this time. Turns over. Coleman tells Bandicoot to get away from it as it takes a sideways roll. Now it takes a bit of a Round Rock bounce and it's going to be dead at the 43-yard line. So... About a 35-yard punt, no return, but the Vipers will start this drive, first down and 10, at the Round Rock side of the field. Great special team coaching right there. As you saw, Miles Coleman Merle waving off his teammates, specifically number 47, David Overhauser, was coming back to try to get into a blocking lane there. And Miles called him off, so you said David Overhauser sprinting through that to make sure he didn't make any contact with the punt. A lot, of, a lot of small things have to go right in the football game rule. And that time we saw the Vipers doing a great job on special teams. On the move again, first down at the 42-yard line, 43-yard line of Round Rock. And off Oliver, off right tackle, follows his block, puts his shoulder down and pounds it down to about the 41-yard line. A two-yard pickup, hangs out of the football, second down and eight. So typically on that punt, you've got some kind of ice call where the return man is... Acting like a shortstop or a center fielder there. He's got to make a call and get his get coverage guys out of the way so you don't have a turnover. Second down and eight from the 41. Swing pass left side of Coleman. Leaps to make the catch. Breaks the tackle. 35-30. Look out. He could go 25-20. 15. Knocked out of bounds at about the 10-yard line. Wow. Boy, Miles Coleman is quick. I mean, talk about explosion incorporated right there. Great job by right guard Gage Garrison. Pulling over to pick up a, a blitzing round rock defender. And that offensive line is really looking like they're in control yet again. Swing pass again to Coleman left side. Same play. Shoved out of bounds at about the four-yard line now. It'll be second down a goal from the four. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Six forty-nine to go. Vipers knocking on the door again, up by 14. Three receivers to the left side. Hand off Oliver straight up the gut. He's going to be stacked up about a yard shy of the first down. Third down and goal from the one. 
I don't think he kicked a field goal here if he needed it. They're going to try to push this thing in. Hopefully they won't need it. Third and one. Give it to Oliver again. Touchdown. Oliver again into the end zone. Touchdown, Vandergrift. Well, that looks like a pretty pretty good business, business-like drive, Merle. Kind of short field again. You start on the Round Rock 43-yard lines, and in five plays, you punch it in with Zade Oliver from two yards out, running behind that dominant Vipers offensive line. They're like the Terminator. They have no emotion. They just keep pushing forward. Olsen out of the hole of the mess to make. A good snap and hold. Kick is up. Cuba's better duck. Nice catch out there by a band member. 6.26 to go in the first half. Vipers lead at 21-0. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Bandicoot Vipers football. Welcome back to Dragon Stadium at the campus of Montblanc High School. 6.26 to go first half. 21-0. Vipers on top. Slowly but surely pulling away. They're behind schedule. They're supposed to have 21 points at the end of the first quarter, Hank. <laughs> Coach Sanders is spoiling the Viper Nation. <laughs> Another booming kickoff into the end zone by Charlie Reed, the senior. So Round Rock will have their best field position since probably their first drive, first and hit at the 25-yard line. Well, they've started twice on the 20, uh, three times. It's the third time they've started on the 25, but it's three, three possessions in a row. They started in, inside their own red zone, which... Not, not exactly ideal starting field positions. Right. The Vipers are making it happen on all phases of the game so far tonight, putting on a real clinic. The William Buter Johnson tied seven apiece. That game a 7.30 kickoff, so they're still in the first quarter. First down and 10, Dragons from their own 25-yard line going from right to left. Four receivers to the right side. Nobody to the near side. Now one comes in motion right to left across the formation. Cochran dropping back, looking left, in trouble, and he's going to go down. Sacked from behind by Ben Boer, double nickel with a sack. Boy, well, talk about a Terminator. That may be the uh, that may be in the running mural for the name of this Vipers defense. Yeah. <laughs> the Terminators. I mean, just absolutely a machine-like efficiency. I mean, Booer just ran him down. I mean, ran him down. Booer's one of those guys, bro, that just looks like a linebacker. Yes. The way he stands, the way he runs. Second down, 11. Cochran. Swing pass, left side, complete up the sideline, and knocked out of bounds at about the 30-yard line for a six-yard pickup. They swing it out left side to Moose Garlington. Sebastian Cavetton, number three. Senior defensive back doing a great job there to limit that to not much. Third down and six. Handoff right side, and the Vipers just swarmed to the football. Stacked up for no game, probably even lost a, a yard or two. Three or four Vipers involved on the stop, and Moose Garlington had nowhere to go. The Moose. They're not letting the Moose loose. Uh-uh. Having a hard time. Finding any place to go, and it's going to be another three and out, Merle. That is make it five consecutive possessions. The Round Rock Dragons are going to go three and out and punt. Mm. And don't look now, but the Vipers will have about four and a half minutes and three timeouts to work with, already up by 21. 
Snap back. Low wind over in kick. Returnable for Coleman. Fields it at the 32. Trying to get the corner turn to the 35 to the 40. Up the near sideline to the 45. Turns on the Jets to the 40. Cuts it back 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. Five. Forget about it. Miles Coleman has done it again. Absolutely extraordinary, Merle, as Miles Coleman goes 70 yards on the punt return. Absolutely beautiful blocking by that special teams unit. And what vision by Miles Coleman to run up inside a block there and just outrun the entire Round Rock Dragons football team. And I guess he's pretty good. <laughs> I guess he's a good football player, apparently. I, apparently so. Newsflash, Miles Coleman is the real deal. And he's going to get another speeding ticket, this time from the Round Rock Police Department. Second punt return for a touchdown this season, third overall. And Wiley Olsen is already worn out. 4.43 to go first half. I talked about how the Vipers are going to have four and a half minutes. They didn't need it. About 30 seconds. We'll take a break and be right back. 28-0 Vanica. Vanica Vipers football on the horn. Charlie Reed drives this kickoff and never got more than about 10 feet off the ground, but it goes into and out of the end zone, and Ron Rock will take over first down and 10 at the 25-yard line. As Craig Skogan writes in, so shout-out to Jason Riker Skogan from your Uncle Craig in Edmonds, Washington. Keep those great blocks coming, Jace. Thank you very much, Mr. Skogan. Of course, Jace had a nice touchdown catch and, a, and an assist, if you will, last week, Hank. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we were convinced that that was a design play after watching it in real time, but... He just made it look easy, I guess. That's what, the, that's what you get. <laughs> so so Miles, Miles Coleman, Merle, it looks like the entire Round Rock coverage unit was running in sand. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's just the definition of excessive speed. And off, off left tackle, and not much running in there. Out to the 28-yard line, two yards on the play as Diego Dolabara Vasquez cutting the legs out from Moose Garlington. Also Deshaun Morgan, number 40 in on the stop there. Junior defensive ends having a really bright, nice breakout season. Second down to seven coming up from the Dragon 28-yard line. I mentioned this last night in the JV broadcast. They, when I went to interview Coach Sanders on Wednesday, they had the pep rally right afterwards. I saw some of the guys wearing the whiteout T-shirts, and the message on the front was, Dragons aren't real. <laughs> oh, the creativity of yeah. the, young, the young people strikes again. Second down to seven from the 28-yard line. Cochran. In trouble and nowhere to run. Four Vipers surrounding the Ron Rock quarterback. Hmm. Deshaun Morgan again involved. Same guys as always. Diego DeLavar Vasquez. Two other guys involved as well. Yeah, that's one of those plays you're going to feel tomorrow. You had like three white jerseys mm -hmm. landing on top of you. Ron Rock with a good opening drive. It stalled out when they went forward on fourth down and couldn't convert. And ever since then, I don't think they've had a first down. Uh, they have not. They're in jeopardy of doing six drives in a row for three and out. Cochran dropping back to pass. Good protection. Now the pocket breaks down, rolling to his left. And in trouble, and he spins free, but he's going to go down again. Diego de Lavar Vasquez got him first, held on for the Cavalry to arrive. Mm. Not a sack because he got back to the line of scrimmage, but it got the job done. Actually picked up a yard, fourth and five from the 30. Round Rock, Round Rock looks a bit off script, Merle, in terms of the game planning and play calling. It's 
usually we see him running the ball more, but right. whatever the case may be, that's going to be six consecutive drives that the Round Rock Dragons are going to go three and out. Are they going to kick it to Miles Coleman is the real question. Parshaw does. Coleman fields it at the 30. Why not? To the 35. Makes the man miss. Far sideline 40. 45, 50. The 45, 40 to the outside to the 30. Can we see another one? Are you kidding me? Back-to-back -back punt returns from Miles Coleman. I guarantee you that has never been done in Vanderbilt Piper football history before. Two punt returns in the same game, Merle. I dare you to tell me when that's been done in a high school football game you know, this decade. I mean, that's just something you don't see very often, especially at this level of football. And Miles Coleman is making an absolute statement, an exclamation point, if you will, for his credentials as the Syntex Player of the Year for the second year running. That's a 75-yard touchdown punt return on the heels of a 70-yard punt return during the last punt. It's absolutely extraordinary. Superlatives, you run out of superlatives. You, you really do. You really do. The kick is up and good. 35 to nothing Vipers. I mean, Coach Sanders always finds something to say that they got to work on. I, I Marcus Spears is going to have to really <laughs> dig deep to find yeah. something here in this first half against well, a I good mean, football team. I'm not sure if he can find any fault with this punt return unit. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, and let's don't let's don't dismiss Merle the impact of the Viper special team unit and the blocking that they do for him. Right. I mean, those things don't happen by accident. So you you got to have the right guys on that unit that can make the blocks and get in the right spots. You usually got you know several different return packages that you're calling. But I mean, you know, if you get a hat on the on a Round Rock Dragon tonight. I mean, no one touched Miles Coleman no. on either one of those punt returns. He came in averaging 20.1 yards per punt return with the touchdown. 20.1 is pretty darn good. That's going to go way up after the night. Two punt returns in the same game by the same player, back-to-back. -back. I've been watching football for a long time. I don't recall that ever happening <laughs> on any level. Do you? No. No. The Vipers' offensive statistics are going to suffer mightily in this first half because <laughs> Coleman is amassed on nearly 150 yards in punt returns. Well, my Bears are terrible as the kickoff goes into and out of the end zone, but that was very Devin Hesterish there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Devin Hesterish. Now your mom's listening tonight, and what a treat, Merle. We had her on the broadcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We'll kind of see where Merle learns it all. Say hello again to a number one fan in the great state of Illinois. Email is open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. 2.21 to go, first half, 35-0 Vandergrift. It was 7-0 after the end of the first quarter. That's a 28-point second quarter based upon my calculation. Yep. Cochran, receiver coming to motion right to left, and they're going to give it to him on the end around. Up to the 25, upended it at the 30-yard line. Ball comes out, but the play ruled dead as Cruz Garcia, uh, Aiden Jones, had the interception. He's got an interception in three straight games, by the way. Elijah Johnson on the carry, picks up six, second, and four. Yeah, great job by number 22, Aiden Jones there, creating chaos on that perimeter. And you got the fleet-footed number 10, Diego Delavara Vasquez, coming over there to clean things up. Cochran, 
Handoff in the backfield, looking for running, cuts it back up to the third. Oh, hit from behind. Holy smokes. Jacob Henry, number Jacob 50. Henry. <laughs> Hello. Man, that's the second huge collision we've seen with number 50 involved, Merle. And I mean, just puts a wallop. I mean, what a big-time collision that is. Picked up three in the play, third and one from the 34-yard line. Viper's trying to get a stop and get another three and out. At some point, you can start to get a little greedy, don't you? Yes, well. The Vipers are in total control of this game. See if the Round Rock Dragons can get a first down. Cochran, empty back. Three receivers wide right. Dropping back. Quarterback draw. And he will pick up the first down and more across the 40 to the 45 out to the 48-yard line. So the string of three and outs finally comes to an end. On a Mason Cockham quarterback draw, first down and 10, the Round Rock 47. Kudos to this Round Rock crowd. And off left side, cutting it back up across the 50, across the midfield stripe, into the Viper territory, down to the 46-yard line. That was Javante Arnold on the carry. Picked up six, second and four. Dragons trying to go quickly to get some sort of points on the board here. And now we're going to get a timeout. Like the Vipers are going to take a timeout as they were... Trying to get some new personnel in on there. Didn't want to get a legal participation penalty, but boy, the story tonight, Merle, there's so many storylines. The Vipers have forced, let's see, they forced one, two, three, four, six consecutive three and outs and punts. Miles Coleman has scored two touchdowns on punt returns, but the Vipers offense has not had the ball in a while. <laughs> so that'll eat into the offensive play count and stat chart, but just a dominating performance. Once again, they've, we've had to punt twice, Merle, but other than that, it's been all Vipers on both sides of the football. Yep. 36 ticks left in the first half, 35 nothing. Dragons on top. Well, Paulson, second sensation identification. You're listening to Dragons Vipers football on the horn. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the horn. The horn. Game number seven going the Vipers' way thus far as we approach halftime, 35-0. And a second down at about four coming up here for Ron Rock into Viper territory at the Vanega 47. I don't know if we've got a clock issue again or what the holdup is. I don't know if you watch the Texas football high school recap show. Every now and then, yeah. yeah. Which I, I would be willing to bet that. With Miles Coleman's performance tonight, <laughs> first half performance will be a center point in that show. You just don't see that kind of thing in no. Texas high school football. Two punt returns for TD. So here we go. Cockrum rolling to his right. He's going to cut it back up at the 45 and spins down to the 40 to pick up the first down. So first down, Ron Rock at the Viper 40-yard line. Kudos to this Round Rock Dragons crowd. They're still yes. here. They haven't gone anywhere. They're finding some things to cheer for. Love coming over here when Round Rock plays at their home stadium. First and 10 at the 41-yard line. Handoff around the left side. This is Arnold looking for running. Cuts it up to 40 to the 35 up the near sideline and steps out of bounds at the 27-yard line with 16 seconds to go. Round Rock has suddenly found something here. Looks like there was a little bit of a hole on the end of the line of scrimmage by the receiver number 11, Mark Hermeru. Had the handful of Aiden Jones's jersey but a no call that time 
Vipers will get the ball to start the second half. They'd like to keep the goose egg on the board here. First down and 10 at the Viper 28. Cochran will snap, plucks it off the carpet, rolls to his right, steps up through the attempted sack and just has to throw that one away. Great pursuit there by the Vipers coming in, getting in his face was Cruz Carrasquillo. And in the second wave was led by Diego de Lavar Vasquez. I mean, this Vipers defense, one thing that is you see every single year is they've got wings on their feet. Yes. Mercurial in terms of the foot speed at every position. Second down and 10, clock stop with 10 ticks left. Two receivers right, one to the near side. Pistol formation with Arnold lined up behind Cockrum. Play action, looking, hit as he throws it, pass underneath and contact. Huh. Ooh, we got away with one there. That could I have been pass so. interference. I think we did get away with one there, Merle. That looks like we might have got there a little bit early. But hey, if it's close enough for government work and they don't throw the flag, it's not a penalty. That's exactly right. So third down coming up, five seconds left. We're gonna try a long field goal here. Wow, this is gonna be a 45-yard field goal attempt. Number 15. He's got a great name, Kai Haruka. Kai Haruki. Haruka. Good snap and hole kick is up. And he, he got, got it. it through. Wow. Well done. Yeah, man. Love these round rock fans, man. They're down 35 to zero. With a standing ovation for their kicker to close the half out. So Kai Haruki knocks it through. Had a long, well, he didn't list as long, but he was two out of three coming in in field goals. So he gets Round Rock on the board. Well, Coach Sanders has got something to be upset about now. He gave up points uh, right before the end of the first half. No shutouts this year so far, but I would be willing to bet that he's going to take that type of halftime, you know, first half performance out of his Vipers football team uh, every week. And then, you know, what are you going to work on in the second half? There is plenty of coaching that's going to be done by both of these coaching staffs you may get to see some you know, a little, little bit of the Vipers depth right which I think it's really served them well this year in terms of you know getting guys healthy for this football game specifically where you had you know you're, this is the first time you've seen your starting linebacker core together since the opening game but you, you had guys come in and do a fantastic job dep deputizing so the depth of this Vipers program role is really paying dividends so far completely agree 35-3 your score here at the end of the first half. We're going to step aside, take an extended break. When we come back, we'll hear as Marcus will catch up to head coach Drew Sanders, get coaching sauce on the first half. Hank will have the first half stats put together, and we'll set the table for half number two. 35-3, Vipers on top. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers football on the horn. Little technical glitch there, couldn't get the uh, interview play. We'll try to dial that up and see if we can get to it before the uh, half, uh, first half uh, winds down here. The halftime facilities wind down. But uh, Marcus, you're down there. What is the mood of this football team and Coach Sanders? They have got to be ecstatic with the way this game has uh, played out here so far tonight. It's just like everything is going to plan. Uh, the running game, defensively, the running, the, uh, the front seven is just uh, doing a great, great job of uh, handling and Mason Crocker. As I screwed up his name again, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's excitement on the, on the Vandergrift side, as expected. 
Well, we think we got the interview queued up. Those of you on the video, well, you've heard this before already, so we'll just keep it uh, down for you. But let's hear from the radio side, Coach Sanders, uh, talking about the first half. Thanks, guys. Coach, you went in this, uh, you went in, you went in this game through the trenches. Talk about uh, what, uh, what have you done to control uh, Noah Cochran? Mason Cochran. Mason Cochran. Sorry. You know he he um, he's a really good player. We're 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 limiting him. He's definitely getting his. That last drive shows what he can do, right? Um, we're winning some one-on-one -on -one matchups, but that last drive, they, you can see how good, dangerous and good they are. Miles um, Coleman, three touchdowns, two punt returns. Talk about how he's able to make these explosive returns. I mean, Miles is one of the better players in the state, if if not one of the best. So I mean, you're just you're just seeing it. I've known it for years. All right. Thanks, coach. Good luck in the second half. Back to Maryland, Hank. All right, so there you go. Those of you on the radio got to hear Coach's interview as well, so now we can talk about it a little bit. I would say that Miles Coleman is one of the better players in the state. Uh, Hank and I were trying to figure it out, Marcus. Have you ever seen two punt returns for a touchdown in the same game, let alone back-to-back -back like that? I have, but it's been a long time. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I mean, the superlatives run out. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you start to measure Miles Coleman and what he's doing statistically, I mean, you know, it, you know, speed equals distance divided by time, but you know, it, it's becoming a more uh, measure of vectors, you know, velocity and magnitude. I mean, the magnitude of what Miles Coleman is doing is, it's immense. I mean, you know, it's a record-breaking performance again tonight from him uh, in this Vipers special teams. It's just, it's extraordinary to you know, watch this. It looks like on both those permit turns, it literally looked like the Round Rock Dragons were running in sand. Right. I mean, he was just moving in a different speed. Like they're in slow motion or in, you know, running in water, and Miles is just – on both of those, um, I don't think any single dragon got a, a hand on him. I agree, which begs the question, why in the world do you kick it anywhere near <laughs> number one when you've got the rest of the field to choose from? Well, I think what's going to be interesting to see, you know, as you go through the course of the season, you, you know, are, are people – in the regular season going to kick it to him. Then you get into the playoffs, and, you know, everybody's going to scout all these football games, and you're going to run up to some, you know, some big-time, you know, names in the first round, uh, you know, wh whether we end up playing like a Lake Travis or Cibolo Steel. Right. And then you know, those those programs are going to want to challenge him. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're going to get it on tape, and you're going to get to see real time what's going on, but I don't think you can kick it to him. He's unplayable as a return specialist. Well, you pointed out the downside. The offensive stats are paltry by comparison because the offense has never been on the field. I think we ran like 27 plays in the first half. So, I mean, that's just not a lot of offensive snaps in one half of football for the Vipers team that we've seen, you know, matriculate up and down the field. So it's a combination of you don't get two possessions because Miles Coleman is too stingy, you know, right. he's, he's <laughs> running everything back. But the other, th the other factor is in terms of the special teams dominance is the starting field position for this Vipers uh, offense, You're, you start on your own 37, uh, the plus 23-yard line after a really uh, a, a short, short, like 10-yard punt with the, after we pinned Round Rock uh, deep in their own territory. You start on your own 44, your own 45, and the opposing 43-yard line. You contrast that with Round Rock starting field position. That their best starting field position, Merle, on eight possessions is their own 25-yard line. Wow. They started three possessions inside the 10, and just a great job on all phases of the game. The Vipers' offensive line is a total wrecking crew, just dominant up front. And the same thing can be said, Merle, about the Terminators we have on that defensive line. 
I mean, absolutely an outstanding job across the board. The Vipers came out fast tonight, which is something you like seeing uh, at this point in the season against a Round Rock team that has been the biggest competition in district play for, for Vandergriff. Well, Marcus, you've been out on the sidelines. That first drive, Round Rock moving right down the field. You had to be thinking, oh, boy, what's going on here? The Vipers get the stop. Were you able to pick up on anything that was said or what kind of adjustments they may have made to kind of calm things down because they didn't get anything going until that final drive at the half. It just seems like they just got right into rhythm, um, stuck to the game plan and just the game. After a certain point, you know, the defense will wear you out. Right. I think that last drive, the only reason why Ron Rock even scored is because Miles Coleman has kept the defense on the field so long. <laughs> right. Um, another thing I, I, I noticed sitting on the sideline, uh, Charlie Reed, the kicker. Yes. He's what kind of boot he got on his feet? <laughs> he's he booted the first one right between the uprights, and and he's giving Ron Rock no chance to even return a kick. None whatsoever. I mean, special teams kicking units here at Vanderbilt are what we've talked about it all year long. They're always special, always so deep. You bring up, you get some injuries to your place kickers for points, and you bring up a kid from the JV squad. He's been perfect this year. Well, uh, really good point there, Marcus, because. There was uh, one kickoff return they had there where the uh, Round Rock, they, did, they received it. At, he's about one yard deep in the end zone. And, you know, he, you know what? Football player trying to make a play on Thursday night, big time foot, uh, you know, high school football. He tries to return that thing. And the speed of that Vandergriff coverage unit, uh, they bottle him up. And you start on your own 14-yard line. Right. So, right. And then they end up, and they had three, three consecutive possessions there in that first half. Marcus, where they had to kick, uh, they had to punt from their own end zone, and that is not a recipe for success uh, if you're going to try and move the ball down the field starting that deep in your own territory. But then again, if you're, you're, you're making 10-yard punts, that's a lot better than a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the net on that is definitely better. But I just don't think they can kick it to him anymore. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm curious at this point if we even see him uh, returning a punt in the second half because, you know, I think you want to. <laughs> You don't want to burn out the uh, turbo jets. Maybe, <laughs> maybe save them for, you know, uh, in games. I don't know, but uh, it's it's becoming uh, a factor. You know, the opposing teams are not going to be able to kick the, the ball to him, right? Because he's just really unplayable, especially on the punt returns. I mean, if he catches the ball in space like that, I mean, two on two of those on both of those punt returns, a 70-yarder and a 75-yard, Marcus. Not a single maroon jersey even touched him. Wow. Very impressive. Well, a couple of scoring updates for you here. Bowie up 14 to 13 over Johnson late in the second quarter. Austin High leading Aikens 13 to nothing in the second quarter. Vipers come in tied with Ron Rock at 3 and 0. Vista Ridge at 2 and 1. Westwood, McNeil, Maynard, and Stony Point all at 1 and 2. And our opponent next week, Cedar Ridge, comes in at 0 and 3. So uh, Vipers in great position right now to pretty much clinch a playoff spot at 4 and 0. Of course, they've got the bar set much higher than that. If you look over at 26-6A. Westlake and Dripping Springs are tied at 4-0. Lake Travis at 3-1. Johnson at 3-2. Bowie at 2-2. They're playing each other right now. That's why that game uh, is just dripping with playoff implications. Anderson still in the mix at 2-3. Even Austin High, if they can hang out for their win tonight at 1-3, they would improve to 2-3. So some battling for that third and fourth seed over in 26-6A. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, we've kind of been hoping maybe the Vipers can stay in Division 2 at 6A. Uh, it's a little bit more comparable in terms of enrollment size and stuff like that. But, Hank, you and I talked about it. Coach and I talked about it on Wednesday. There's a part of you that really wants to maybe score off against Lake Travis and Westlake just because you're tired of that. Well, you've never beaten those guys. 
Well, I think that's absolutely correct. I mean, and we see Coach Sanders has n not shied away at any point in his career about scheduling pre-district games against powerhouse teams in the state. You know, he took some lumps uh, yeah. early. Uh, early, you know, we started doing that, but you know, he's now he's now dealing it out just as good as he's been getting it. And I, uh, I would like nothing better than to see us go up against one of those, uh, you know, Lake Travis and Westlake. I mean, conceivably, you could hit them both. That's right. You, you, the first, the first round game, I think, you know, based on the way that thing's shaping up over there, that it's going to be Westlake in the first position, Lake Travis number two. So you get them first. Go ahead and knock them off. I'm, I'm right. Uh, you know, I'm sick and tired of losing to them. You know, <laughs> uh, just like everybody else. Uh, and then you get uh, Westlake in a rematch, maybe at DKR. Could be. And this uh, this football team is gonna is going to be tough to beat for anybody. I mean, with the explosive players like Miles Coleman, you got uh, Deuce Adams, who's had a pretty pedestrian first half by all measures. We don't even have 200 yards of total offense. You know, we're up 30, we're up 35 to three. Right. You run 26, 25 plays. Uh, uh, Deuce is like is seven out of uh, 13. They got 96 yards of passing. Fournier, uh, and Fournier has got five carries for 39 yards. Zade Oliver's got seven carries, Merle, for about 40 yards and two touchdown runs. Deuce has thrown a touchdown pass to the aforementioned Miles Coleman for about 16 yards on a beautiful corner route. Um, so it's situation normal. Vipers are in total control so far in the first half. They are, by all accounts, a terrifying football team. I'm glad that we called for them instead of against them. Because <laughs> it's a lot more fun to watch them than to have them uh, doing stuff to you, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, it's a bit breathtaking uh, at some point. I mean, yeah. you know, what we got to see last year in that run to the state championship game, and I remember I saw Coach Sanders this summer, and he, you know, he, you know, this is pretty early in the summer, you know, before, you know, the you know, season kind of sh uh, took shape, and he said the rebuild is on. He goes, we're going we're gonna to make another run. Right. And he, he knew. Yeah. He knew that he was going to be loaded. I mean, you got a three or five a returning uh, offensive linemen. You got some, you know, 61 seniors on a football team. I, I wonder how big of an impact that is, just intangible wise. I don't think it's something you can measure, but you know, we've been we've been seeing uh, over the course of the last few weeks guys stepping up and for injured players. And I, you know, about five six years ago, you know, you we had situations where we lost one key player on and that offense, was it. And the, the wheels yeah. you know, didn't come completely off, but the, you know the offense or the defense was hamstrung a bit because you lose one key player. Right, and we just we're not really seeing that. I mean, Miles Coleman obviously is you know he's the key player and one of the best players in the state. Uh, you know, I'm just I am super curious to see you know what kind of recruiting is going to be done. I know he's got an offer from North Texas, but when you just see a guy like doing what he's doing, yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get some notice for some other programs. Well, we get to uh, enjoy him for another few games here at Vandegar first while that's all happening. 35-3, uh, to three your score here at the half. Marcus, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, send it back to break and get back for the second half kickoff? Oh, yeah, we're going to see some more explosive football. I'm, I'm expecting to see the running game uh, go off in the second half, yeah. try to run the clock out. Yep. Uh, more Fournier, more Oliver, just one-two punch. Uh, uh, also still seeing them uh, take care of uh, McCollum and see the defense just keep doing what they're doing since the, since the first half. 
We shall see how it all plays out in about seven and a half minutes. Thank you very much, Marcus Spears. We're going to take an extended break and be back in time for the second half kickoff. You're listening to Vanderbilt Pipers Football on the Horn. Rock Band finishes up their halftime performance. The state-bound Viper Band uh, with the first half of the halftime as we are winding that down. 35-3 to three Vipers on top. Merle Bershant here along with Hank Hudson. And uh, Buck Bones are doing a great job back at the Horn Studios. Marcus Spears heading back down to the sidelines to give us some post-game observations. Shane Schlewinski keeping an eye on the video stream for us on Vipe. 35-3. to three. We're just kind of joking, Hank, while we got a minute or two about how weird the stats are. I mean, you're up 32 points, and, I mean, Miles Coleman obviously accounting for 14 of that, 21 if you count the long touchdown pass, but it's just it's one of those cases. Coaches talk about it sometimes. The stats don't tell the story. Well, it's a statistical anomaly in terms of the plays run. You know, uh, look at time of possession. Round Rock it has more time of possession. They've run 31, 32 football plays. We've run 25, 26. I mean, if you just look at those things on face value, you think, well, okay, Round Rock might be in front on this game, but it's, you know, dominant performance, and it's, you know, and, and what we're seeing, Merle, it's the Miles Coleman variety show. <laughs> <laughs> what else can he do? I mean, uh, two punt returns for a touchdown. You know, I, if somebody's out there has access to the last time that that's, a, that's occurred at a high school football, varsity football game or a uh, higher level, you know, please – uh, send that in because yeah. I, I, that's something that sticks out as uh, a real anomaly in terms of it. This never happens. You don't see two kickoff returns in a football game. You don't see, you know, you don't see two pick sixes in a football game. You don't see two punt returns in a football game by the same player, especially back to back. That's back what I can't back. get over. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So we saw that tonight here, thirty-five to three to score. Vipers on the road tonight. They'll return home. Our next broadcast will be. Friday night, so we got the extra day with uh, playing the Thursday night this week. Back home at Monroe Stadium next Friday night to take on Cedar Ridge. And uh, they seem to be a little bit down this year, Hank, but, you know, it's human nature that the score stays anything like what it is now for Vanderbilt to relax next week. And that will just pretty much ruin everything that's happened this far this season. Well, you know, human nature and when you've got, you know, human beings that are 17 and 18 year old, right, young men. Uh, that are distractible and, uh, you know, you start feeling pretty good about yourself with results like this. I mean, so far, you know, we've seen football games that are, you know, out of hand by the end of the first half. So, right. uh, it, you know, once again, the Vipers have come out and dominated proceedings, 35-3, to three, go, you know, going into the second half to get the ball first. And just, you know, it would, the thing that's uh, going to be interesting to see is, you know, what kind of uh, job the Vipers do in the second half in terms of production. Right. Right. So you want to put together a drive here to start the second half. You'll have your starters in and they've got work to do. They've got yes. film. To, they've got film to break down. You go down and punch this one in and then then see what happens for the remainder of the second half. But, you know, the dominant performances we're seeing up front. And think about the opportunity for some of these young players, the, the amount of minutes that they're getting in these games. Right. So what that means for the future, we've talked about, you know, the 14 weeks of extra practice over the last three years. And you're seeing underclassmen get a lot of playing time 
I think Coach Sanders uh, mentioned during his pregame remarks that at one point last week he had seven underclassmen yeah. uh, on, on the field on his defensive unit. Well, it's a short, high kick. Eli Adams is going to field it at the 16-yard line up to the 20. And to the outside, 25, tripped up up to the 27-yard line. And that is where Vandegrift will start the first drive of the second half, first down and 10 at the 27-yard line. So we'll see if Marcus is right. Does the Vipers concentrate on the running game here? Try to shorten up this game a little bit. Well, that offensive line for the Vipers really looks good getting off the bus, Merle. So Deuce Adams in the shotgun. He's got Brendan Fournier to his left side. One receiver left, two to the near side. First down at him for the 27-yard line. Now Zade Oliver comes back in formation, settles in as a deep back, and he's going to get the carry. Right up the gut, explodes out to the 35 to the 36-yard line. A quick nine-yard hitter, second down and one. Zade came back into the backfield into like a pistol formation that time. Wipers now working the play clock at all, going quickly, handoff up the middle again, and bangs it out to the 40-yard line. Good for another first down for Vandegrift. Oliver again on the carry, first and 10. Well, we got some real glass eaters on this offensive line, bro. Just they looking, are impressive. Looking big and in control. Then you book at the bookend that deal with 88 Jay Scoglin. Bryce Altrudo, number 18. Good hands and size, too. First down, 10 at the 40-yard line. Two receivers left, one of them coming in motion. And it's going to be a bootleg to the right side for Adams. Fires over here underneath. Complete to Coleman. Comes back and makes the catch. Somehow kept the feet inbounds. Coming back, bails out his quarterback. First down, Vipers at the 44-yard line around Rock. Well, that's a big-time throw by Deuce Adams on the run. He got somebody ball. on his heels, too. Yeah. See that ball on a, in a rope. And off up the middle, Oliver, both hands on the football, explodes to the 35 and down to the 30. Gashes him for another 14 yards. And that front five for Vandegrift is just gashing mm. Round Rock defensive line, just road grading. Oliver again, up the middle again, pushes the pile, another five yards, second down and five. Carson Armstrong on the stop. It's that push. I mean, when you get offensive linemen to get three, four yards up the field at the snap of the football, makes for a long day for yes, that defense. Yes, it does. With actually Jacob Medina on the stop for the Dragons. But a second yard, a five-yard pickup, second down and five. Fournier back in the game. Two receivers to the left. Coleman comes in motion, settles to the right side of Adams. And off Fournier to the right side, puts the shoulder down and pounds it inside the 25, down to the 23, a short gain of two yards on the play. Knocked down there by Luke Rodriguez and Christian, Christian Williams. Williams. Nice looking tackle there, but not before. Maybe three yard gain for Brendan Fournier. Big third down here, third down and three from the 23, forward on territory, but they don't want to have to use it. Goldman now the up back on the left side. Adam, handoff Fournier, Wilson's blow. What do we got? Timeout. Timeout taken by the Vipers. Let's take it with them. You're listening to Vanity Vipers football on the horn. 
Adams was in trouble. He pump faked, he ducked, he retreated, he pump faked again, and actually that was, uh, yeah, that was 88, Jace Skoglin. They have both tight ends, 88 and 18, but I'm pretty sure that was Skoglin that hauled it in. That was Skoglin, and a great job in his body position there to make the catch, Merle, but also to stay in bounds. Right. Now Adams running left side, fakes the handoff, and met at the line of scrimmage and driven back for no gain. Going to bring up a second down and goal. Good open field tackle by Justin Lee. Second and goal coming up. Well, just what the Vipers doctor ordered, Merle. This will be the 10th play of the drive to start this third quarter. Got three backs in the backfield with Adams, and now they all split out wide, two wide left, one to the near side. They keep one of them home. Adams dropping back, looking great protection all day to throw. Now he's going to step up, in trouble, rolls to his right. Now back to his left, back in the 20-yard line. Still in trouble, still with the football. Fires it into the end zone and incomplete. That's about the most exciting incomplete pass you're ever going to see. It's like a PlayStation <laughs> yeah. video game play there. Is got to see the, the ubiquitous Deuce Adams in his footwork. Great job by Ron Rock to stay yeah. with their men, though, in the end zone. Extending that play. And you're right, Merle. The Ron Rock Dragons did a great job. Looks like they're in a man package. So inside the red zone, you see a lot of teams with that man-to-man -man defense. Third down and Cole coming up here from the six-yard line. 8.21 to go. Third quarter. Vipers up 35-3, looking for more. And off 48. He is going to be stacked up at the five. Good open field tackle there by Barris Owens, a junior defensive lineman, has some help. And looks like we are going to see the field goal unit here to try to get back the three points the Vipers gave up to close out the first half. Wiley Olsen on for what will be a 22-yarder right between the hashes. Mestermaker with the hold. Oh, free play. They jumped offside. The kick is up. And the kick is good. I think they'll probably take the points. I think so. Never take points off the board. Is that the rule? Yep. It'd be half the distance, so at the two-and-a-half-yard line. All sides on the defense. Waiting for the official official decision here. All sides defense. It is declined. So we'll take a break. 7.40 to go. Third quarter. Vibers extend their lead. That's 38-3. You're listening to Bandicoot Vibers Football on the Horn. Riley Olsen with kickoff duty. Kicks a low-line drive. It was fielded, bobbled at the five-yard line, but recovered by Javante Arnold. And he gets a pretty good return out near the 22-yard line. So I guess Hank Charlie Reed must be must be tired. They must have put his out uh, kickers. Yeah, I think they probably put him in the ice bath. You know, wearing out his big right foot there, having to kick so much in that first half. So Merle, interesting. Uh, interestingly, the Vipers nearly doubled their total pay, play count on the opening drive of their second half. They go 12 plays uh, and end up kicking a field goal from 22 yards out by Wiley Olson. A nice-looking drive to start that second half. The Wally Olsen's kickoff pins Ron Rock down to the 22-yard line. First down and 10 coming from right to left. Swing pass, Cochran underneath. Deflected and almost intercepted. 
off the receiver's fingertips and Ben Dewar laid it out, reached back over his shoulder, trying to come up with it, couldn't quite haul it in. Yeah, I think it's you know a bit different in terms of the play calling with the new coaching staff. Throwing the ball on first is not something we've seen the past right. few years in this Round Rock Dragons football team, so. So second down and 10 from the 22 yard line. And Cochran keeps it rolling to his right and gets out across the 25. He puts the shoulder down. Flag comes in up to the 30. Good effort there by Cochran. But flags in the backfield. This one's probably coming back. That's usually the holding call on your offense. But it begs the question why they're not doing that on first down. Right. Personal foul, chop block. That's mm. even worse for Round Rock. That is a 15-yarder. 15-yarder. A lot of times you see that on the back side of a play that's like a sweep to the, let's say a sweep right, so on the back side there, a, a tight end or a, a tackle might you know try to come in low to get a stunting defensive lineman because a lot of times the backside defensive linemen are crashing down right. to pursue. That's a, I think that's a really good development in terms of safety and a call that needs to be made. So it sets up a second down and 20 from the 12 yard line for the Dragons moving from right to left. They've got to get it out to their own 32. Yeah, Cochran going to keep it himself. Breaks one tackle, hit to the near side, gets it up to the 15, cuts it up. And up to the 20, good yard running there by Mason Cochran. Forgetting about the scoreboard and just going to work. Rusted to the turf there by Jack Corkamp and some friends. Sets up a third down and 12. That guy's just a good football player. I mean, just a super good competitor, Mason Cochran. Finally get to matriculate him out. Third and 12. Wide right through the near side, empty back set. Hard snap count. Vipers flinch, but get back. Cockham dropping back, looking, pocket breaks down, rolls to his right, scrambling to his right, and he's going to go down. He's going to be sacked back at the 21-yard line. Cruz Carrasquillo, Ben Boer, a couple of other Vipers involved in that play. The usual suspects. Yeah, Mason Cochran, we saw him as a sophomore, right? Engineer the, the biggest win, uh, margin of victory up, up until today, presumably. Um, you know, they 38-20. to 20. They beat Vandergrift a couple of years ago when Mason Cochran was just a sophomore. And we thought, my goodness, they were that was a strong Round Rock unit. Big, yes. huge offensive line, but oh my, how the tables have turned. So the Dragons set to punt it away yet again. Low snap, plucks it off the carpet. Good job and a beautiful punt this time for Harshaw. Field up the far sideline. Miles Coleman still in the game. But they pinned him against the sideline. He's only able to pick up three yards. That's the bad news. The good news is the Vipers will start with the football. First down 10 at their own 45-yard line again. So, you know, there's my bold prediction on how that conversation went with the Round Rock punter. <laughs> kick it uh, kick it in between the bottom of the numbers and the boundary. Right. That's your window that you need to kick it into. If it comes, if you, if you kick it to, uh, to the top side of the numbers, uh, you're probably going to get fired. Right. Do not kick it to that guy in a spot where he can return it. So I think you get to see a bit more of that. 
Might lose some distance in terms of net, but that maybe is the biggest net punt they've had the entire night. Yeah. So first and 10, uh, Vipers from their own 45-yard line in, all white, moving from left to right. Pistol formation. Adams going to bootleg. Now he's in trouble, rolling to his right, keeps the play alive, dumps it off underneath, complete to the 45-yard line. Makes the man miss, and up to the 46-47 yard line. Eli Adams coming back and bails out his brother. Only a two-yard pickup, but it could have been a lot worse. Still looks like you got your starting offensive line across the board. Yeah, probably keep him in there through the third quarter, and then we'll start seeing some reserves coming in here. 38-3 Vipers on top, second down and eight from their own 47. Coleman comes in motion, and whistles blow, and this will probably push the Vipers back five yards. Is this the first Bandicoot penalty of the ball game? Well, I, uh, no. No? Okay. No, they had a holding call. That's right. Uh, and then he had an uh, offside on, on the defense. That gave, right. actually gave Randwick a first down on that opening right. drive. So five-yard markoff pushes it back to the 42, second down and 13. The Vandergriff defense had almost as many first downs in that first <laughs> half as the Round Rock offense. That penalty they surrendered the first down on. Shuttle pass underneath the Coleman, take it around the left side, and he runs right into his opposite number. Still managed to push it out to the 46-yard line. A game of about four yards. Good job by Aiden Walker, the junior, to hang on for dear life. Sets up a 39. We might need to put in a vote to make that a handoff instead of a forward pass. Maybe give us something to argue Scott you're Schaffner about. You're trying to take advantage of Scott not being here. <laughs> exactly right. Third down and nine from the 46-yard line. Eli Adams comes in motion, settles in, so now a triangle trips to the near side. Adams dropping back, looking, stepping up. Pocket breaks down, he'll take off and run. 45 to the 40. Look out, he's got speed to the 35, stays alive to the 30, and he'll slide down safely in third base at the 32-yard line. Well, that's a routine-looking 20-yard pickup by the Deuce. One of the brothers is a really good baseball player. I can't remember which one, if it's Eli or Deuce. Swing pass, left side, complete to Coleman at the 35. Nice it up to the 30. Hard hit at the 25 and picks up about seven yards on the carry. Going to bring up a second down and three from the 25-yard line. Well, I bet they're both pretty decent baseball players. I would maybe imagine. Maybe one, yeah. one, only one of them is participating. The receiver's wide left here to the near side. Ooh, bobbles the snap, and Oliver gets it back. That disrupted the timing, however, and it'll go down as a one-yard loss as Asher Chang, the senior defensive lineman, there to make sure. Vipers fortunate to hang out of the football there. In the modern era, Merle, you don't see a lot of D1 commits doing that second sport. Right. You know, they just don't want to risk the injury. Now with NIL coming into the picture. Although baseball is less of a collision sport, there's definitely right. a propensity for injury. Third down and three coming up from the 25-yard line. One to see the left, one to the near side. 48 to the left side. Gets the care, handoff. Breaks the tackle. We'll have the first down, I believe, and more inside the 20 down to the 18-yard line. Maybe even more. Ron Rock had it played well and stood him up, but 48 just kept the legs turning and picked up the first down. 
Tremendous second effort that time by number 21, Brendan Fournier. He's a very active ball carrier, Merle. He's really making a, uh, a, a real effort to, on his ball security, keeping that ball high and tight. As it again, sheds a tackler and tripped up at the 15-yard line, falls forward for a couple of yards. Clock keeps moving, two minutes to go, third quarter. He's been really deliberate. I think we saw him fumble early in the season. The first or second game, he had he put one on the carpet, and it's the kind of thing that keeps you up at night yeah. if you're a running back. So, Yeah, Coach Sanders called me out on that one because I said it was like at the – Vipers had it at their own 10-yard line or something. I said, you got to hang out of the football, and that <laughs> happened on the very next play. Fournier again with the carry. Breaks a tackle and dives down to the 10-yard line. Hard running there by the junior. Sets up a third down. Let's call it two from the 10. Well, I'm, I'm almost I'm flirting with the football gods by complimenting on his ball security, but so <laughs> yeah. far he's paying me back. So far. Yeah, Coach texted me because he always listened to the game the next day. He just said, Merle. <laughs> Broadcaster's curse. Third down and two from the 10-yard line. Shift all the receivers to the left side except for Eli Adams, and that will draw a timeout, I believe. Nope, a legal, a legal shift for the Vipers. Let him push it back five yards. Sets up a third down and seven. Don't forget, the email still open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Vipers being very deliberate, Merrill. Yeah. Game management is always one of the strengths. Coach Sanders does such a good job managing the game in terms of the tempo. Third and seven from the 15-yard line. Two receivers left, one to the near side. Now this in Coleman in motion to the right side. Adams dropping back, looking. Great protection, again, all day to throw, directing traffic. Fires the rest, I got Coleman at the 10 to the 5. And who hard hit there at the 3-yard line. I'm not sure how you forget where Miles Coleman is at, but it's going to be first down and goal Vipers from the 3-yard line. I think that was Justin Lee who introduced himself to Miles Coleman. How about that line given? You just cannot give Deuce Adams that much time to throw the football. No. I mean, Blake... Frazier was putting on a clinic at left tackle. Hinge step and pass protection 101 for the Michigan commit, number 77. The Wildcat formation to Oliver now with Adams put out wide left. Oliver picking his way and spins into the end zone. Touchdown, Vandergrift. They know it's coming. They just can't stop it. Well, that's another rushing touchdown and another 10-play drive. And you can feel the Vipers just squeezing the life out of yep. this game. As you like to call it, Merle, the book and stricter offense. Taking a lot of time off the clock, methodical, operating at a tempo that is not hurry up, but, you know, they're, they're not getting in the huddle or anything. They're just right. taking their time, getting up to the line of scrimmage, and great ball control, making up for the lack of offensive snaps in that first half. While the Olsen splits the uprights, 45 to 3, 15 ticks on the clock, third quarter. We'll sneak in a quick break and be back to close out the third. Granted, get Vipers football on the home. Football again on the tee at the 40 yard line. And he drills this one back to the goal line. It's going to be returned up here by Javante Arnold up to the 10 to the 15. And that's about it off the 18 yard line. Ran out of my camera shot there. You have to take my word for it that it was 
Dylan Linehan on the special teams coverage. And Ron Rock, time for one more play here, Hank Hudson, to close out the third quarter. Also at number 15, putting the special teams and special and special teams, number 15, Riker Skoglin doing a great job. Also number 20, Scott Buchanan, junior linebacker, who's also deputized. He had a start last week and put in a really good performance. So these special team performers are looking to make their mark on the universe. Yes, they are work their way into a starting spot, and we've seen a bunch of them do it. Scott Buchanan's put in some good shifts, as has number 15, Riker Skoglin, also number 35, Tate Stevens. All right, seven ticks left, first and 10 at the 18-yard line. And Cochran with the handoff left side. Arnold trying to get the corner turned, he does, 25-30. Vipers lose contain and shoved out of bounds at the 44-yard line. That was very close to a late hit. But no flag, and that is how the third quarter is going to come to an end. On a nice run there on the left side, the best-looking play of the night for Ron Rock, Javante Arnold. And now a flag comes in well after the fact. Oh, man. I mean, like 30 seconds after the fact. Both the sideline warning on Ron sideline warning. I think they wanted that uh, late hit call. They didn't get it. I'm not sure if you saw who that masked man was on the hit. Drew Messamaker, number nine. I think yep. he's the one who dropped the boom there. The Swiss Army knife. So getting involved in the football play. That's exactly right. So we've reached the end of the third quarter. 45-3, Vipers on top. We'll be back for the fourth and final quarter. Ready to get Vipers football on the horn. Fourth quarter, ready to get underway here. Ron Rock with the ball, first and 10 at their own 48-yard line. Moving left to right, straight ahead, handoff up the middle. And that's good for about four yards from Javante Arnold. On the stop for Vandegas, Hollister Stevens, the junior. And we'll probably start seeing some other guys rotate in here, Hank with the score 45-3 in favor of the good guys. Yep, I think you coined the nickname maybe for number 55, Ben Boer, earlier. It looked like another calf roping job by number 55 <laughs> there as he throws the running back down in a rather violent man. Second down and six from the Viper 48. Tight end comes in motion right to left, settles in on the left side as the up back. And handoff to the wide receiver coming from right to left. The fumble ball's out and the Vipers have it back. No word yet from the official. They might say he was down. That was Reggie Hurley on the carry on the sweep from right to left and he's gonna pick up two yards. They're gonna say he's down. Vipers tried to sell it though. Well, that's a, that is a coaching point right there. Uh, they they tell the players that hey you got to sell it right it's the Academy Awards baby and you got to convince the officials. And be back set for Cochran third down on a long four, slant pattern underneath and caught good no and incomplete dropped. had it momentarily, but Blaine Becker there to strip the football away from Mark Hiramuro, and that'll bring up a fourth down as we pause in seconds for station identification. You're listening to Vanderbilt Fibers football on the horn. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, the Horn. The Horn. Fourth down coming up from the Viper 46 yard line. Ron Rock. Going to go for it. Why not? One receiver left here to the near side. And as soon as I say that, he push punts it. Lands at the 20-yard line to the 15 and takes a Viper roll from there to the 17-yard line. So Vandegut will take over. I would imagine we will see number nine, Drew Mestemaker, come into the ball game. Yeah, we saw Round Rock do that quick kick last year, and he had to wonder 
what was going to happen if there was going to be some electricity, you know, doing a quick kick and you get Miles Coleman back there catching it and having five offensive linemen <laughs> trying to cover. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter. They, get their, they had their standard punt unit uh, out there for two consecutive punt returns for touchdowns. Mm. I think the last time that happened was in 1960 when Jack Pardee. I'm just joking. I don't know. Wow, Jack Pardee. <laughs> Cristoval High School. He scored 70 touchdowns his senior year playing six-man football. That is crazy. And I'm wrong as usual. Deuce Adams stays in the ball game. Backs foot to either side with 10.25 to go. Hand off. Left side. Cutting it back up across the 20 to the 21-yard line. And this is Kent Sullivan, the junior running back, making his first appearance of the night, picking up three yards on the play, second and seven. Kent Sullivan's only a junior, so we'll get to see him next year. Yeah, him and Fournier both will be the deadly duo in the backfield. And what a devastating combination that one-two punch with Zade Oliver and Fournier has been, and they really are mixing it up, and they're getting about the equal number of carries. Yeah. And both of them are very effective. Second down to seven, 21-yard line. Handoff right up the gut. Sullivan again breaks a tackle and pushes the pile out to the 25-yard line before being snowed under by a horde of Ron Rock Dragons. On the stop was Elliot Stickler along with Hank Apple. A lot of crickets in this uh, stadium. What did Coach call it? Cricket Central? Cricket Central. I don't see them swarming the light stands like we've seen the first two games we've yeah. done here, though. At least not yet. And they're starting to penetrate the press box area. They're down to three from the 25-yard line. Play action. Adams rolls to his right. Fires over to the right side. That ball is deflected and incomplete. That could have been called pass interference. Savari Woodson on the cover. They try to get it down to Brock Chilton, but he had a hand on Chilton's shoulder the entire route. Not called. They let him play tonight, that's for sure. So, a rare sighting, the punt unit on for the Vipers. Ben Boer doing double duty as a linebacker and deep snapper. Noah Colbert on the punt this way. He was Mester Maker before. Colbert averaging 40.3 yards per punt. And gets away a beauty. Wow. Sails back to the 28-yard line, juggled. And breaks three to the right side, runs into his own man, gets it up to the 35. And finally shoved out of bounds. Landing awkwardly. Good to see him get up. Devontae Arnold with a nice return. Knocked out of bounds by Jay Skoglund and Riker Skoglund. The Skoglund, Skoglund family. The Skoglund brothers. Yeah. It's like a tag team wrestling combination. The Skoglunds. wonder how many times they shared a tackle in their careers. <laughs> I wonder how many times they tackled each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jace, the senior tight end. Riker, the senior defensive back. First down and 10, Ron Rock from their own 37-yard line. You got to wonder what Moss Coglin's been feeding those boys. Broken okay. glass and rebar. Well, keep it up for another six weeks That's anyway. exactly right. Don't change the diet plan. First down at the 37-yard line, and straight ahead handoff pushes the pile out to the 48. Good hard running there for about 11 yards on the play. Devontae Arnold, fully putting together a nice night for the Dragons. First down and 10 at the 47. 
Cochran's going to keep it himself. Left side, probably wishes he handed it off because he's going to go down at the 45-yard line. Scotty Frazier, number 73. Yeah. He just kind of ran right into Frazier, shoved him backwards, and then everybody else got to him. Yeah, immovable object, number 73, Scotty Frazier, right in the middle of that off defensive line for Vandegrift. Loss of three, second and 13 from the 45. At number 47. David Overhauser playing right defensive end. One receiver left here to the near side. Dragons in the maroon and white moving from left to right. 7.48 to go, 45-3 Viper. Swing pass right side complete. Oh, man, oh, man. Going to lose three yards as Drew Mestemaker meets Mark Hiramuru as soon as he got the football and shoved him out of bounds. Can't play that one any better. Ooh. Apparently, he's difficult to block. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's long, and he's just got great feet, does a good job with his hands. And we gotta, we have to get a position count on Drew Mestemaker. How many different positions? Yep. He's wears the number nine jersey. Has he played nine different positions this, so far this season? I'll be getting pretty close. Third down and 15. Cochran pitch on left side, delay pitch. Nice job by Arnold to hang out of the football. And he'll get a couple yards back to the 46. Let's see. Quarterback, defensive back, punter, holder. That's four right there off the top of my head. Holder, punter. He played safety, so he's played. That's five. The, yeah, so he played cornerback, played safety. They've lined him up at receiver. That's true. That's six. That'll be something to work on. They've got to yeah, find three yeah. more positions for him to play before the year's out. Yep. Number 52, Dylan Linehan, senior linebacker, doing a great job to shut the door on that third down for the Vipers D. So Lombok to punt it away again, and Miles Coleman will not receive this punt. Low snap, puck off the carpet. Nice job, and a high punt angle to the sideline. Fair catch called for. And made at the 32-yard line by George Farley. So six minutes, 15 seconds left in this one. All Vandergrift left seven nothing after the first quarter, and then just busted loose in the second quarter to break yeah. this thing open. Boy, so many contributors on this team. Number 52, Dylan Lanahan Merle, the senior linebacker. Every time he's on the field, he's involved in the football play. I mean, I really like watching him play. He does a great job on special teams. Hit a big defensive stop there. A lot of contributors on this Vipers football team. First down and 10 at the 33-yard line. Adams leads him out. Two receivers right, one to the near side. Straight ahead, handoff. This is Fournier pushing the pile up to the 35-yard line, maybe the 36, gain of three, second down and seven. So the Vipers, Merle, in that third quarter ran nearly as many offensive snaps as they did the entire first half. Two nice long drives. Just what the doctor ordered. You wonder why the starters are in the ball game. I think the answer might be they haven't had to play a full game. And as the playoffs get closer, they're going to have to. That's exactly right. You, can, you, want, you want them to have game time snaps. Right. Second down and seven from the 36-yard line. Fournier again, straight up the middle, burst free across the 50, and Dragon tackles down inside the 40 to the 38-yard line. Saving the touchdown for Ron Rock is Hank Apple, but Fournier was trying to shrug him off. This couldn't quite do it, but a big pickup nonetheless. Got a good look at number 21, Fournier's foot speed right there. Yeah. Well, Travis Brandon action there almost. Yeah, he exploded through the hole. Had a couple of... 
new offensive lineman in the game. At left guard, you got Jackson Barr. Left tackle, number 76, a junior offensive lineman, Jadrian Smith. And now we see Drew Messermaker in at quarterback. Five minutes to go in this one. Jay Scoglin also steps out of the game. Messermaker, handoff. Sullivan inside the 40, down to about the 37-yard line. To your point, Hank, both hands on the football. Second down and eight. All security. You want five points of contact on that football, Merle, so you get your fingertips, your palm, your forearm, your bicep, and your chest. All five points of contact. High and tight. Modern football tackling is all about stripping the football, so you've got to maintain that ball security. The Vipers have been very disciplined in terms of not beating themselves. And as you want to make a playoff run in, in, in 6A football in Texas, you got to take care of the football. Messermaker works the play clock down the inside of five. He snaps it with two seconds left. Hand off to Sullivan. Across the 30, breaking free down to the 26-yard line. Doesn't seem to matter who they put in the backfield. The offensive line is just gashing them for big yards. Looks like we still got Ryland Wisdom. Maybe my all-time, he's on my all-time hog list, Merle, simply because he was a homecoming king nominee last year, so he got to go onto the field yeah. in his shoulder pads. <laughs> First and 10, Vipers at the 27-yard line of the Dragons. Must make her in the shotgun, sends Chilton in motion. Shuttle pass underneath to Shilton. Cuts it up to 25 to the 20, and inside the 20 down to the 19-yard line, Vipers in the red zone. senior quarterback knows how to work the clock. Yes, he does. Going down to five seconds the last several plays. Vipers very deliberate. Got number 80 in the ball game. Split wide left to Jack Rudberg, a junior wide out. That's to make her in the shotgun again. And off Sullivan. Picks his way. Breaking free inside the 15. Leans forward across the 15. That'll be good for a Viper first down. He's a shifty runner, Merle. With low center of gravity, does yeah. a good job with his feet. Finds those creases that you don't think are going to be there. And of course, you got the big hog mollies up front clearing the way. Austin Lewis, number 70, a junior offensive lineman, is in at left tackle. We're starting to see a little bit of rotation up front. Sullivan comes out, so the senior running back, Ben Emanuel, in the backfield now. First down and 10 from the 15-yard line. And that'll slow down the drive momentarily. The Vipers not quite on the same page with one another. Still first and 15 back at the 20. Been impressed with the second string offensive lineman. You got a couple of starters in there, but we're getting a lot of good reps out of some offensive linemen on the bench. Jackson Barr's in there. Uh, all of the aforementioned number 70, Austin Lewis. You never know when you're going to need them. Absolutely right. First and 15 from the 20. Messi Maker with the handoff to Emmanuel. Good balance to get back to the line of scrimmage. He was met in the backfield and managed to keep his feet and get back near the line of scrimmage. He's going to bring up a second down and 15. One hundred ticks left. 
Vipers are about to qualify for the playoffs for the 12th time in the 14 years. One receiver wide right, one to the near side. Emmanuel again, and inside the 20 down to the 18-yard line. Picks up a couple yards there, give him four in the play, sets up a third down and two and 12. Good job right there, number 76, Jadrian Smith. Pulling from the left guard position, lead up into the hole. Actually get number 37 in the game. We've seen Bridge Walker, number 37, deputize this year. He's a senior tight end. 53 seconds to go. Vipers try to pick up the third down here. And then can just take a knee if they need to. Shuttle pass underneath to Chilton. Chilton looking for running on right side. Met and driven out of bounds. Good job there by Ronrock. That stopped the clock. No gain in the place. That's a big fourth and 12. But they keep the clock rolling. The official clearly said to stop the clock, but it keeps rolling here. And it looks like Vipers are going to try a field goal. Why not? See if we get somebody else in the scorebook. I think we're going to go victory formation. Oh, yeah, we are going to go victory. Yeah, I thought they were running out of kicker. That makes more sense. So they're just waiting for the clock to tick down. And they don't even have to snap it. So that's going to be your ball game. 45 to 3, your final score. A lot of questions coming in. Thought this was going to be a really good matchup based on what we've seen in the past, Hank Hudson. But the Vipers just pulled away and showed their dominance throughout the course of the game. Well, you said it, Merle. Historically speaking, in the previous five meetings, this has been a tightly contested football game. You know, some just absolutely legendary football games, but. The Vipers broke several school records tonight uh, that I can think of. Uh, most, most prominently, they you know two punt returns for touchdown in the same game. So that is, is that three for his career? Three for his career. Three yep. for his career, and he's got a kickoff return that in there, right? Last year didn't he have right. a kickoff return? So, yeah. So write it down here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he was the first and maybe only Viper to return two uh, punt returns for a touchdown in the same game in consecutive punt returns. The likelihood of that happening again is not that not that great. Well, mm -hmm. next week, maybe. Maybe <laughs> next week, yeah, yeah. Well, let's <laughs> just see if, let's see if they punt it to him. That's true. I mean, I, if I'm an opposing coach, I just kick it out of bounds. Yeah. So 45-3, to three, your final score. We'll take an extended break. When we come back, we'll hear Coach Sanders a couple of times first recorded. Well, he'll close out his series of questions that he asks his uh, football players. And then Marcus Spears will grab him down there and get his thoughts in the immediate aftermath of this big Viper win. 45-3, your final score. We'll take a break. Be back for the postgame. You're listening to Vanity Vipers Football on the Horn. Hey, Viper fans. It's the Viper Minute where we talk just a bit about things that aren't the X's and O's, the things that basically make us the Vanderbilt football program. And in here, we'll talk about the sayings, the hallmarks, all the stuff that we base our foundation on. We have our four hallmarks of discipline, effort, toughness, and honor. Then we have our three questions. Can I trust you? Do you care about me? And are you committed to excellence? We have yet to, to get to can I trust you. So I'd like to just briefly spend a minute on that, that question. Each one of these questions, we want to be able to ask our, our kids, can I trust you? Well, guess what? The kids need to also be able to ask us that. Can they trust us? 
and then trust is earned. And much like the example I give each year as I teach on this topic is a vase. And so everybody listening can picture the beautiful glass vase and then dropping that glass vase on a concrete floor. It'd shatter into a million pieces, but you could put it back together, but it would never, ever actually be the same vase. And so for us, we talk about how we earn that trust and we want to keep that trust. And then I think that trust is the, is the basis of all relationships. And so if, if, for example, how that plays out in football is, if a player trusts me, if he, if he is not the starter, he could still be upset and want more of a role or whatever else, but he actually will trust me and not say negative things about his coaches, say negative things about the other player that maybe is in front of him, and just continue to work until his time is right. Um, if I always tell a player, if I trust you, I'm going to put you out there, give you a shot. And so that's another great way we show uh, trust. But it is such a big part of our relationship that it has to funnel through everything. An example of no trust would be um, when, a, when a player doesn't do the things that's expected of them, then that affects our trust level of them. For example, maybe failing several classes. Well, when you fail several classes, then all of a sudden now we're not sure if you're going to take care of your business in the classroom. If you want to take care of your business in the classroom, can we trust you on the field? You know, it's things like that that will permeate through. Um, and so that's, that's why I think it's worthy of talking about. Like, the, the kids need to understand, like, I am working to earn their trust, and the coaches need to understand the same thing. You know, and I think that's that, that's that relationship piece um, that I think is a foundational in our in our football program. Welcome back to Dragon Stadium. 45-3 Vipers with the win to improve the 7-0 on the season. 4-0 in district play. Merle, Hank, Marcus, Brock, and Shane Shawinski back keeping an eye on the video stream. Just a few moments ago, Marcus Pierce had a chance to catch up to head coach Drew Sanders. Let's get Coach Sanders' thoughts on tonight's big Viper win here tonight over the Round Rock Dragons. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. Coach, congratulations on another win. Uh, talk about the, the three, how you, you guys play well on all three phases of the game. Well, first shout out to Miles. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen that in my life, you know, and so that is really cool to be able to, to do that. So shout out to Miles, back-to-back -back punt returns for touchdowns. Um, but yes, we came out, you know, I was really impressed with the way we practiced. I, if you would have asked me before the game, what did I think the team was going to play like, I would have told you, I don't know if we're going to win or lose, but we're going to play really well because we've practiced so well. And now you see the result. Uh, the coaching staff, talk about how prepared the coaching staff had the team. Uh, for this game, it seems like this had to be like the perfect coaching job for the well, week. Well, we, you know, we try to find, me and the coaching staff, we have such great coaches. We try to find one thing to harp on each week that is going to stir them or get them focused. And this week was all about defending our title. This was the only team to beat us in district the last two years or whatever, five years. And so um, I think they took offense and, and to that, and, and we understood that they were coming for something that we think we own. And so that was, that was uh, good. They found motivation in that this week. Okay, last question. Uh, ALCS, Rangers, Astros, who you got? Oh, man. Um, I, guess I'll go, I guess I'll go Rangers. That'll make Coach Mauser mad. All right, thanks, Coach. Yep. Even, even Coach can make a mistake every once in a while. I got the Astros, Coach Strolls, but back to you guys. All right, thank you, Marcus. A great job down there, and uh, I, I like his motivation, Hank, just to make Coach Mauser mad. 
Well, if you think those guys don't compete with each other on a daily basis, uh, you're wrong. I mean, coaches are some of the most competitive people that you'll ever come across, which is the reason that they're in this, these positions that they're in. And the amount of hours and time and preparation and passion and commitment that they give, it's really astounding. I mean, there's, not, there's not a harder working group of people in America than high school football coaches in Texas. You know, I can't speak to what goes on in other states, but, you know, their preparation for next week will start – when they get back to the athletic facility at Vandergrift, right. they're going to start breaking things down and starting to prep for game plan. That'll happen tonight in the wee hours of tomorrow morning. So, uh, and I can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow night. There will be at least two, probably at least two groups of coaches, uh, or maybe three, five, five groups of coaches. I going asked out. him. Yeah. You did ask him. Yeah. Okay, so they're going to be going out to watch uh, upcoming opponents. Yeah. You may be even seeing them to go. Uh, you might. Uh, is there one of those? Uh, Scouting group's going to go see like Lake Travis. Play? I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you got three, four weeks left, so it's kind of hard to, uh -huh. you know, to, it's like the hurricane. You don't know where it's going to hit, so you got to try to cover all the bases. So they're going to, they're going to spread out and take advantage of what for everybody else is an off night, not for those guys. Oh no, 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 no. They're, uh, they're the amount of hours they put in, and the, I mean, you have to love it. I mean, in, in order to spend that kind of time doing anything, you're spending a lot more waking hours uh, at your job uh, during the football season than you are at home. So. Uh, hats off to another amazing performance by this Vandergrift team. And, you know, Coach Sanders always gives these plaudits to well -deserved, uh, the well-deserving coaching staff. These guys do an amazing job getting the team ready. And when you see a performance like that, my goodness, I mean, these two punt returns for a touchdown, I mean, you've got a special, special player right. in, um, in Miles Coleman. But you've got ten other guys on the field that have to do a job to give him the opportunity. And everybody's in the right spot, and, you know, he makes the magic happen. Just an unbelievable display of speed and athleticism by Miles Coleman in a earth-shattering performance. I just don't – you know, he, he even heard Coach Sanders say, I don't – he doesn't remember the last he time. He remember that. He's seen a lot of football, yes, probably indeed. as much as all of us combined in uh, this. Uh-huh. So what a game. What a performance by the Vipers. And let's go. Let's, uh, let's win out district, get another goal of football, and um, I'm ready to see him get into the latter stages and, and start the playoffs. Well, Marcus has joined us up here. Brock Bollinger back at the studio. Brock uh, was with us for the first half of the season out here uh, talking to Coach. The first half of the season, the story was Vipers would race out to a big lead at the half, and they would just kind of sit there in the second half. Last two games, Marcus, we've seen this team keep their foot on the gas pedal and keep pulling away in the second half. What's the mood like on the sideline down there as they're doing that, especially as the reserves come in in the fourth quarter? The thing I notice is they, they keep fighting. They keep cheering. They keep fighting. I, I noticed a, at a point that coach was fighting over a, a foot, not even a yard. Right, a right. foot never, with the referee. Never stopped coaching, right? Yes. Never stopped, never stopped celebrating great plays. Right. Always patting kids on the helmets after a great play. Always excited. The team is always excited. It's, it's just sensational. Well, you yeah. see some of your senior leaders over there, like uh, Jay uh, Skoglin. You see Skoglin over there. He's, you know, uh, he's leading the cheer line. Uh, right. And, the, and the, the senior offensive linemen, uh, you know, Sam Perry and those guys, Blake Frazier, they're, they're leading. The, you get their helmets off, and they're uh, over there yucking it up and, you know, making a lot of noise for their, uh, their understudies. Uh, and it's just it's fun to watch. I mean, these guys play hard for each other and the coaching staff. And, you know, that's, the, that's a culture. That's right. not an accident. And, and, and to that point, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I, when I talked to Coach, not this week, but the week before, I mentioned something about how that how, how the crunk line had gotten fired up uh, in, in the previous game. And he said, we talked to them about that because they weren't doing a good enough job of that. 
I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. To Marcus's point about always coaching every little thing, he, they talked to them about, hey, you when you're not playing, get more involved in the game. And, I mean, that's how you keep 61 guys entertained all season long, right? Exactly right. Uh, we ran a lot more offensive snaps in the uh, in the second half. Uh, I think we ran nearly as many offensive plays in the third quarter as we did the entire first half. But statistically, uh, Brendan Fournier fi finished with uh, 11 carries, 88 yards. Uh, Zade Oliver, 13 carries for, with 74 yards and three touchdown runs. Uh, we had um, Deuce, uh, Deuce Adams finish the game, Merle, with 24 attempts, 15 completions, 170 yards, one touchdown pass, and then the – Unbelievable record-breaking performance tonight from Miles Coleman. He catches 11 passes for 136 yards and a touchdown, but that's not the whole story, is no, it? No, it's not. He has two punt return touchdowns in consecutive uh, in consecutive punt return uh, plays. Uh, one goes 70 yards, the other goes 75 yards, and nobody from Round Rock even touched him on it. I don't know they haven't touched him yet. I don't no, think. I don't yeah, think but so. uh, what a what an unbelievable performance tonight from Miles Coleman. What a special, special football player. His sister's going to take all the credit. Uh, well, I mean, she should. I mean, yeah. it's, it's probably down to her that uh, <laughs> my, after getting beat up by his big sister that he's so good, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, fourth quarter, Bowie leading Johnson 14-13. to 13. Why is that important? Well, coming into tonight, Johnson was 3-2, and two, occupying the fourth spot in District 26-6A. Bowie was right behind him at 2-2. Two and two. So Bowie trying to get the tiebreaker over Johnson. Anderson at two and three. Austin High, they're going to win, so they're going to improve to two and three. So those uh, teams all battling four playoff spots behind Westlake, Dripping Springs, and Lake Travis. So we're going to see one of them. We just don't know which one yet. There's a lot of football left to be played, but uh, they're out there, and we're going to see how it goes here in the first round of the playoffs. The plot thickens, Merle. Yes, it does. Texas high school playoff football is uh, it's an absolutely uh, beautiful thing. It's uh, epic. It's mind-boggling. Uh, we've seen some things in the last couple of years in the playoffs that have, you know, turned my hair curly for sure. <laughs> so uh, it's I'm, I'm looking forward to see how the Vipers close out this season. You've got work to do. you got business trips. Yep. you got things you need to attend to. Uh, get yourself set up for a, you know, a strong close to the season and a, and a playoff run. Well, Vipers improved to 4-0 in the district. Round Rock drops to 3-1 coming up tomorrow night. A couple of big games. Westwood. And McNeil, both one and two, almost an elimination game. Winner, that one's right back in the mix. The loser, that one's in a bit of trouble. Vista Ridge looking to stay in the hunt for the district title. We still have them on the schedule, so they're still licking their chops uh, a couple weeks from now. Vista Ridge at two and one against Stony Point at one and two. And then Cedar Ridge at 0 and three against Maynard, one and two. Maynard needs a win to tr uh, try to keep their playoff hopes alive. So that's what's coming up tomorrow night. The Vipers are in the clubhouse. They can sit back and watch. Marcus, any final thoughts here before we let you go? Uh, yes, yes. This, like I said earlier, this is fun. Get, getting to see some uh, top contenders, uh, kids like this, perform at a high level, and it, the excitement of the fans, the excitement of the band, the excitement of the team, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm glad I'm here for the ride. Well, glad to have you here. Hank, any final thoughts? I am excited to see what the 2023 version of this Vandergrift Vipers football team is going to be the final version uh, they've got a story to tell yet, Merle. You've got uh, these remaining district games, and you get yourself set off for a playoff run coming off of a historic 2022 season where you go to the state championship right. game. What's on the cards for this 2023 team? They're not done yet. 
They're not done yet. They'll be back in action next week. Round Rock Roughs are 3-4 and four overall, 3-1 and one in district play. The Dragons will try to regroup to take on one of their arch rivals, McNeil, on Friday night. And as we mentioned, the Vipers improved to 7-0 and overall, 4-0 and in District 25-6A play. And uh, we'll be in action uh, next Friday night at home against the Cedar Ridge Raiders from Monroe Memorial Stadium. So that's going to do it for us tonight. From our broadcast partners, Hank Hudson, Scott Schaffner, we miss you. Hope to see you out here soon. Marcus, uh, Marcus Spears, our engineer and sideline reporter. Uh, thanks to Cole Dixon for all the help. Brock Bollinger back at the uh, Horn Studios. And Shane Shawinski keeping an eye on our video stream tonight on the Vibe side. My name is Merle Burchan signing out from Dragon Stadium in Ron Rock, where the Vandegut Vipers have defeated the Ron Rock Dragons by a final score of 45-3. Have a great weekend. you got to go to work tomorrow. It's only Thursday night, so you got to go to work tomorrow. But have a great weekend after that, and we'll see you next week for more Viper football. Good night, everybody.